Tonight, the WWE superstars' destinies will be influenced by the whims of someone they cannot control. Whether it's defending a championship, avenging the loss of an unborn child, or conquering another legend, their fates do not lie solely in their own hands, but in yours. Tonight, a landmark event will take place. The WWE fans will take control of one entire pay-per-view, and the decisions you make will alter the course of history and the fates of the superstars forever. The ultimate in fan participation. You will decide who deserves championship opportunities. One of these men will face Triple H. How grudges will be settled. What will be the weapon of choice? How battles will be fought. Rick Flair and Randy Orton one-on-one. This is your time. An exciting night, and unpredictable. This is your chance. It's all about your choice, ladies and gentlemen. This is WWE Taboo Taboo Tuesday. Tuesday. And it begins right now. Raw presents WWE Taboo Tuesday. Hello and welcome to 2018 and the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we enter 2018, how was your December? How was your holidays? How did things go for you? Uh, 2017 ended pretty good. Uh, 2018 was a start uh, pretty rough. Um I had a personal tragedy in my family uh, where we took one week off. It ended up rolling into two weeks. I do apologize to our fans for that. Uh, My uncle suddenly tragically passed away, and it was quite a shock. And so, um, but it's all good. It's all better. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to get through it. Not a problem. Uh, So, how old was he? He was in his 50s. And so it was kind of terrible. Yeah. So it was just kind of a hard hit, and so um, he was in his late fifties, and it's still though. I mean, that's that's pretty young when you. Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm 31, so it, yeah, it doesn't seem too far away. I'm closer to there than I was, you know, to being a kid. So yeah, terribly sorry uh, about your loss, and I don't mind, you know taking a week off we could have taken more if you needed it no all you had to do was say no it's completely fine i uh i just feel bad for putting our fans off Uh, it really well i think we gave them enough content to uh, i saw the stats on soundcloud and i mean we were still getting spins even while we were gone because i mean december is a slow time for uh the company wwe yeah not necessarily new japan there was some big happenings in new japan uh, as January started, but as far as WWE right now, the only thing really cooking is uh, the anniversary show coming up for Raw uh, is really what they're building to, and the Royal right. Rumble and this mixed tag challenge. But outside of that, news from the company as far as like the on-screen product was pretty slow. Right. So I don't think if you listen to our last podcast, even this past week, I don't think you're that far behind yeah and uh so 
it's no big deal. My December was very tough because I worked two jobs, and so I was working these 80-hour weeks and stuff, and honestly, up until the week we took off last week, I was filling in for someone else. Yeah. And so this is the first week where my schedule is somewhat back to normal, so it was just a very tough time to do everything and then do this, which right. this is just something we do for fun. You exactly. Know, this isn't... This doesn't pay the bills. We we, we we never ask you for money or you know no. donations or anything. But uh, before we get started, I wanted to present you with your Christmas gift because on our last podcast we talked about the Ric Flair rope, the twenty seven thousand dollar robe. Yes. Now I went out there and I looked and I couldn't find a robe in my price range for you. Okay, but I got you good. the next best thing. I got you. A Ric Flair robe Snuggie. What? Which is not even on Shop Zone. I don't know why, because they would sell a billion of these things. Exactly. It looks awesome. It does look badass. And I'm sort of jealous that I didn't order myself one, too, because it just looks fantastic. So it's a Snuggie in the shape of Ric Flair's robe, his blue robe, uh, with Ric Flair on the bottom, and it's... It's very soft. I didn't think it would be soft, but there you go, buddy. Hell yeah. As we enter these cold months, you can walk around your house pretending to be the nature boy. Please wear clothes underneath it, unlike how nature boy walks around the house in the robe. But it is a a very cool item. I'm really shocked that they didn't have it on Shop Zone, or I haven't seen it in stores. I found it on eBay, and I found it... Actually, one of our Twitter followers like posted a picture of it, and I was like, oh my god, I have to have that. Yeah. Like, that is... That is awesome. That is fantastic. So. Well, I told you yours. Would you like to know what it is, at uh, least? We can wait. We can wait. Okay. All room. right. It is It is being handmade, and because of that, they couldn't meet the deadline that I asked of New Year's. And so uh, it's going. It's taking a little longer than expected. I do apologize for no, that. That's okay. But uh, I promise you 100% you're going to blow your mind when you see it. Okay. Well... That builds anticipation, so stay tuned for that. Have you ever noticed when you? Well, are you not? You're not a big coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee. Okay. I'm a sweet tea aholic, man. I drink my sweet tea all the time. I've just got into coffee here. The last month got me into coffee because right. I was going at a breakneck speed, and I didn't want to drink all the soft drinks and energy drinks and stuff. So I got into coffee, and what I found out about coffee when you buy it from places, it it's either warm and Right away, you can drink it, or it's scalding hot. And yeah. this one today is scalding hot. So right. I just wanted to mention, be careful. Coffee is hot. Hot coffee. Yeah. Don't be like the woman at McDonald's that spills it on her and, and ends well, up Well, I saw a documentary about that. It was it was called Hot Coffee. Yeah. And the types of burns she received, Patrick, it was... Really? It was some of the worst. It looked like she had been through a, a house fire. Like, really? Yeah, and it wasn't even it wasn't even her that she was the passenger in the car that got the coffee spilt on her. So she wasn't even it just got knocked over onto her, but it it was an old lady. Yeah. It's a really terrible story and it's 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 kind of sad that people think, Oh, it's just somebody looking for money or whatever, you know, yeah. someone like, Oh, you didn't think the coffee was hot. No, it was just an old lady that they left this uh, coffee pot on like all night, and so the coffee really was like 200 degrees or something. Wow! And so yeah, like it's if you ever get a chance, if you can find a hot coffee documentary, check I will. it out. I uh, I this the opposite happened to me. I was going through Burger King 
right after New Year's. And uh, I was like, man, I want a Coke Icy. That sounds really good. I love that they had the Coke Icy's. It's the same as if you run into a gas station. So I was like, hell yeah. And as soon as she was handing it out the window to me, it's like 14 degrees outside. It's 11 o'clock at night. The lid flies off. Coke Icy completely covers me. (laughs) So I was like. I bet that felt good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a cold ride the rest of the way home. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's pretty funny, though. What did Santa Claus bring you for Christmas? Oh, Santa Claus brought me uh, a jacket and some money, and that's pretty much all I needed. Well, so. hell yeah, hell yeah. Santa- it wasn't even a jacket, mainly just a sweater. Santa Claus brought me two uh, two front row tickets to uh, a Marty Stewart concert, so I'm pretty pumped. Oh, good, because uh, I wasn't going to be successful in getting you those tickets, it didn't seem like, because uh, the radio station the, the radio station cluster that I work for, ever since in Chattanooga, there's uh, local facilities uh, called the Tivoli and the Memorial Auditorium, and they are managed by AC Entertainment, and Correct. ever since they've been managed by AC Entertainment, they do not give out tickets to yeah. us for whatever reason. So I was unsuccessful in obtaining those. I was still working on it. Yeah. Because if, if it wasn't selling well at the very end, they might have given us some tickets. I, uh, I lucked out, and uh, Santa Claus brought me uh, two front row tickets. And um, for those of you who may not know me very well, I do love classic country. And really, I, I think do. from listening to the I show, do. they could tell that that's and, probably and, the direction you go in. And Marty Stewart is like almost Elvis to me. So I'm actually really freaking pumped about this. It's just a personal favorite of mine. It's it's like, uh, I mean, it's almost like how you went to uh, Atlanta and saw um, Billy Joel. I mean, it's it's kind of like one of those that just your personal go to at times, and so that this is really exciting for me. I am extremely pumped and did not mind that these tickets that my mother and Santa Claus split the price of were <laughs> only two hundred dollars a piece. Wow. So I am very excited. Well, and it's a very uh, intimate setting because it's not in the main theater. It's in the smaller theater upstairs at Memorial Auditorium. So yeah. it's almost like you're getting a private show, basically. Right. I think it's going to hold like maybe 100 people if that. Yeah, I think it's like a really small theater. Right. I've been in it once before they renovated it. I don't yeah. know what they've done to it since then. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really enclosed space. So you'll have a good time. Man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really pumped. Congrats, so, man. I'm glad you. Santa came through. I'm glad you were a good boy. I you was. Didn't end up with coal in your stocking. I was. I was very good, which is shocking. What has Santa brought us from the world of professional wrestling? Well, we're going to let's start off sad and we'll work our way up to to happy and exciting. Uh, female wrestler Glow uh, Glow female wrestler Emily Dole, uh, Mount Fiji. If anybody remembers, uh, she passed away on February, I mean, on January 3rd. What? Yes. Oh, I see. From the original Glow. Yeah, the okay. original, not not the TV not, series. Not the character that... No, but she did have a lot to do with the show, apparently, in trying to keep the originality from what I have... Yeah, she inspired the character. If you if you watch the Netflix show, Machu Picchu yes. is based upon her. Yes. She's only sixty years old. Yes. So So uh she uh she unfortunately, tragically has uh has left us as well and um made appearances on Regis and Kathy Lee. Uh Donahue Donahue. I wonder what she was doing on Donahue. 
She was also on Card Sharks, which was a game show. She would be somebody interesting to talk to, considering all the uh, advancements with women's wrestling in the past year with uh, the upcoming Women's Royal Rumble, the Glow Series. Well, and she actually, if you follow the series and you see her backstory, she actually did come from a professional wrestling family. And they were very strict about they didn't want her getting into it. And uh, and so the fact that she went behind their backs and did it was the basis, basically, the groundwork of where the show Glow and pro wrestling, true pro wrestling, met. And uh, so she was, that's a hard blow to the original cast of Glow. I mean, that's a, she was the true core of pro wrestling in that show. And so, um, she was a giant, you yeah. know, a female giant, which there, you know, really haven't been a lot of standout giant female wrestlers, you yeah. know, competitors. You can probably count them on one hand, you know, whereas men, you know, it's all giants everywhere, giants. Yeah. But then, uh, so she was, uh, one of the first to uh, break the mold. So, uh, yeah, big loss there. Uh, another very shocking video and very graphic video. Uh, female AAA wrestler Goya Kong. I think I'm pronouncing that right. G-O-Y-A. She snaps her leg in half doing a somersault dive oh, off the yeah. apron. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it was extremely, it was Sid Vicious and Scott Steiner all over again. It is extremely graphic, very, very disturbing. Oh, geez, yeah. And uh, and so, She is a, she's like Nia Jack's size too, and she was trying a, um, she, it was a somersault. Somersault plancha. Yeah. Off the apron to the floor, and it is. And her left leg is not supposed to bend that way. It was Lucha Libre Double A Worldwide, is what it's called. I guess it's broadcast on the internet because it's sponsored. Their ring apron is World of Warcraft, but that is just a terrible injury. 30 years old. That's. I mean, that's probably a career ender. Well, she says she's not giving up. the injury, the doctors, uh, I've stayed on top of this while we've been out, and the doctors have told her at least eight months to a year of complete rehab, surgery, everything to reconnect and fully heal to where she could possibly get back in the ring. So uh, she has a very long road ahead of her, but we're going to see. We're going to see if she's able to. She's part of uh, a legendary Mexican wrestling family. Her family has been involved in the wrestling business since 1931. So really? What, which her f- grandfather uh, appeared in the ring. Uh, Alvarado is the wrestling family, so okay. I don't know much about it. But I don't either. That is terrible. Thanks for showing me that. That is, It's very graphic. It is, unfortunately. It was very disturbing to watch. Um, the other big shocker is uh, while we were out, Paige... Got a uh, a super kick to the lower part of her back. Well, it was a it was a drop kick. It was and, a, uh, oh, a drop kick. I'm sorry. Yes, and uh, is at a house show in uh in yeah the, Sasha Banks drop kick Jersey, during the back and uh, and she was carried to the back, and it was uh it seems like everything was okay. Everything was good. Later tweeted that she felt all right and uh, comes out just a couple of days ago that uh, WWE will not clear her to be 
in any in-ring competition ever again. It's the same. It was compared to the same injuries as Austin and uh, Edge. She went on to uh, post after that this, uh, after her forced retirement was announced, that um, the comeback is always stronger than the setback. So yeah, exactly. Which tells me she's not she's not done. But I mean, it may be just like you know, if WWE's not going to clear her to work, she's going to find somewhere else where she can. Exactly. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. And she suffered uh, right a stinger, which is what actually Sting got in that match when he got the uh, buckle bomb from Seth Rollins, and they wouldn't clear him to wrestle after that, even though. He comes on, you know, on all these specials and all these interviews and says, I can go. I can go. I'm ready to go. Daniel Bryan, you know, all his injuries, you know, he's gone to alternative doctors other than the ones that the WWE have, and they've said, you're good to go. But the WWE's not going to clear him. Now we have a situation with Paige where, from everything that I've heard, is that the company did not want her to have the initial neck surgery that she has. Um, that required her to sit out 17 months. Right. Uh, they didn't want her to have that neck surgery. They wanted her to try to rehab it and just figure out some sort of alternative treatment because, yeah, it's the same kind of neck surgery that, you know, Rhino and Stone Cold and all these guys end up getting or whatever. And so she's got all these screws in her neck. So then she gets kicked in the back December 28th at a house show and she loses some feeling in her extremities, but, you know, she is able to recover, appears on Raw, you know, isn't in action. Um, but now they're preventing her from wrestling. Now, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I think the reason they don't clear certain wrestlers, for instance, they, they, didn't ever, they never cleared, like, Christian to return or whatever. I think it's because they didn't want him anymore. And it's also because... With Sting, it was I think they thought it it was a well it's a it's a liability issue no matter what, but I think for for something like to not clear Sting, it was because like I think with Sting it was legitimate out of concern for Sting's health because of his age. Yeah, but for stars that are still young enough and seemingly healthy enough, like Christian and Daniel Bryan and now Paige, I do think there is a degree of Let's just move on from you. And, like, I'm the most conspiracy... Like, I think the biggest conspiracy is with Daniel Bryan. And and the reason I say that is because if Daniel Bryan was an active competitor on this roster, he would be getting cheered more than Roman Reigns. And they don't want that to happen. Yeah. And so they saw an out here when he got injured. And they they took it. And they took it. And now they've got you benched, and now he can't go anywhere. But once he's able to go, he's gonna go, he's gonna be in the ring again. I I mean I just he will he's gonna leave the company. Absolutely, he I you can I mean they canceled Talking Smack, but I think in if you go back and watch those, you can tell when he's not in character when he doesn't have to perform. You can tell he's unhappy that yeah. he doesn't want this position. It was forced upon him because he's under contract. Now with Paige, I. I you know, they've got this movie coming out about her, so they probably want to do the same thing like they did with Daniel Bryan, keep her benched, but not keep put her in the ring. 
and not even because of like I think they're just sort of tired of her. I you know I like I said I didn't think I didn't expect her to come back to begin with. No, she has. Uh, that's that's what I want to speculate on. She has battled back from personal tragedies, from personal. Well, from personal demons. Demons as well. Well, I I've, I consider her her stuff that was leaked to be a tragedy because it was stolen from her. It wasn't something she did specifically. So not only personal demons, but personal tragedies in that but She route. had a terrible year last year. And uh, to, to battle back from what she came back and to be on the main roster and to be really picking up a lot of steam. I well, was, it brought up those two NXT call-ups yeah. that formed that group. And it, I, I considered it to be picking a lot of steam up for her, and she was looking like she was going to, you know, she was. I considered her to be a contender for the women's title. And uh, unfortunately, this happened, and I think WWE found, like you said, a way out because of the Alberto situation and because of the leaked images and because of all the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think that they just said, you know, oh, well, she's been a she's been a hard she's she's been trouble for us all through 2017. This is a way that we don't have to deal with it through t- 2018. This keeps her in the company so that they can find another role for her and that until the movie comes out and they can benefit from that in some way. And then they can cut her free. I just think, yeah, I think that, I mean, they just outright released him, but it sort of reminds me of, like, what happened to Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson was injured, came back, and then nearly injured Randy Orton and was cut the next day. Yeah. And I think it's just because Vince said, oh, he's just injury prone and he's dangerous in the ring. And I think he probably saw this and said, after all this, she's just gonna go in there and get hurt. We can't have that. Yeah. You know, I just I think it's something like that. Yeah. You know, where the last thing they want after all that she's gone through is for then her to get uh, crippled, yeah, for them, crippled in their in their ring. Oh yeah, for them to be on the hook. Yeah, and, and not and not. I don't really know Paige's. I don't know Paige's character. You know, in person or anything. You know, like that if she would be the type to draw up litigation you know frivolous or not it could be that they're trying to protect themselves it could be that they're using it as a way out or it could be both especially with somebody who has had i mean alleged substance abuse problems within the last couple of years to get hurt in your ring and then get hooked on painkillers and then whatever you know uh, well, it's, the, it's the kurt angle story all over again yeah exactly but they clear him to compete. Yeah, you know it's it's just nuts. So that's 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 why I think that this some of some of this is bullshit. Yeah, you know because the way they treat injuries, it's just so hypocritical of them to not clear Daniel Bryan and Christian and and Paige, but clear Kurt Angle. Yeah, I mean it just. If I'm here's the deal. If I'm an indie indie promoter, okay. I booked Daniel Bryan and Paige, knowing their health. I'm going to look at them square in the eye and say, is this something you really want to do? Yes, it is. Okay, well then, you know, your health is in your own hands when you step in that ring. Yeah, yeah you sign that uh, the waiver or whatever. So, you know, I but, mean, well, and it, it, they allow Kurt Angle. They allowed, 
you know, others. They won't, and it's funny they won't allow like Jerry Lawler, who wrestles in Memphis, but they won't allow him to wrestle in their ring. Yeah, he will not be back in a WWE ring. After and that his was heart from attack. a heart attack. That yeah. wasn't even a, a ring injury. That yeah. was something cardiac arrest is not. So I just, it's just very. I wish that it was more. I wish that their policy about who they let back in the ring and who they say no to was more well defined because it, it, it just seems all over the place. It's bias. It's like the high school gymnasium class who's exactly getting, who's getting picked for what team on dodgeball and who's not getting picked yeah exactly if you think triple h suffered that injury do you think um he would be allowed to continue exactly yeah i mean if stephanie mcmahon got injured yeah she could go if nikki bella got a career ending neck injury i'm talking about yeah she yeah they cleared her career to come back. ending neck injury all, I mean, it's not as bad as Paige, but it, it was close enough that they cleared her, but yet they won't clear Paige or they won't clear her own family member, Daniel Bryan. It just goes to show you that the only reason she got cleared is because she's close with the guy, John Cena. The number one, the, the popular kids. We gotta if you're keep, the popular we kids. We got to keep our popular kids happy and we got to, the outcast, fuck them. Well, and it's just a total, it's a bizarre system when you also, when you allow someone that tests positive for steroids like Brock Lesnar in the UFC, I know it was the UFC test that he failed because part-timers aren't subjected to drug tests in the WWE. Yeah. But you allow him to go into the ring, a juiced up free, and cut Randy Orton in the head with his elbow. But for some reason, Paige, oh no, no, you sit down, you stay there. Yeah, that was that was extremely ugly, and I'm sorry. There would have been a lot of situations. If, going back to that one instance, there would have been a lot. I would have had a lot, and I mean a lot to say backstage if that had happened to me. I would have been extremely. Pissed. Well, I can't believe Randy Orton Head, went he- along with it. Heads would have rolled. I'm just. I'm telling you, that's that's when it. they present you with that finish. Yeah, as Randy Orton. I mean, I know Randy Orton. You know, is in good with the company and he would do anything for them because look he's already got two strikes on the wellness policy but he and he's done way worse stuff backstage but he's still on good terms with this company but when they present me with that finish I'm saying fuck you no yeah. i'm not getting split open by a dude that just tested positive for whatever yeah. and concussed possibly yeah you know, that's just stupid. That was just a stupid thing that they did. Yeah. Or was... Vince taking that headbutt last year. So Vince can take a headbutt in the middle of the ring, but Paige yeah, getting you kicked can't, in the back. You like... cannot fucking tell me that wasn't Concussion City. If anybody, anybody took a headbutt like that in the ring, they would immediately be sidelined for six months. They'd probably say, no, you can't wrestle ever again. But, but, Vince, yeah. but since it was Vince, that's fine. Yeah. So, it's, and I guarantee you, we're going to see Vince McMahon in a match in the oh, ring. Oh, the Raw anniversary! Stone Cold's going to give him a stunner. I mean, it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it's, it's just pick and choose. It's just. Yeah, it's it's, it's the dartboard of retirement. It's uh, it's sad. It's uh, it's BS. Unfortunately, this this forced retirement came on the same day as. Mark Henry announcing his retirement from in-ring competition. Well, okay. Now, look. He's been very 
I mean, he's made very sporadic appearances over the last yes. few years. So it was basically like he was retired anyway. And <laughs> by the way, he can always come back for the Rumble or for I mean, hell, the great Kali came back for the, you know, to pull dude out of the Punjabi prison. So yeah. even though it's he's retired, I, I think we're going to see Mark Henry again and probably sooner than later, actually. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah. As a full time in-ring performer. Yes, he is. I, yeah. I he, mean, he's been done for a long time. And so but I saw like on Twitter, it was like trending like hashtag thank you mark and all this i'm like what the fuck guys the guy hasn't been around it was just like you brought up with uh that female wrestler a few weeks ago that retired like she hasn't been around she hasn't been doing anything candace michelle or something like what what is this if i well i look at it like this um if you retire from in-ring competition you're not working WWE, you're not working house shows, you're not working independence, you're not working New Japan. You're just not, you'll show up for autograph signings, but you are not going to be in in-ring competition. That I can respect. That's my definition of retired. That I can respect. And apparently that is exactly what Candice Michelle was doing, was she had, she'd come back to wrestle a few matches in indie shows, and but she was done. Her, she That chapter of her life was closed Sign still delivered. You're still going to see her at WrestleCade. You're still going to see her getting giving autographs, taking pictures, shaking babies, and kissing hands. You're still yes, that is what I said. Well, no, I don't. And so, but you're not going to see her lace up a pair of boots, go in there, and wrestle another match. Yeah, but I think you'll see Mark Henry wrestle another match. I do too. <laughs> I but mean, his fake retirement a few years ago was great. One of the oh, best man. segments he's on in the Raw. ring and he's like crying. Got real tears. People in the front row are crying. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. And just cheering. Yeah. And oh, Cena God. puts the belt on him and swerve and beats up Cena. To the... It was the best uh, angle Henry ever was involved in. I don't know, man. Sexual chocolate was pretty, pretty entertaining. May Young's uh, birth of the hand. Uh, yeah. But uh, to proceed on, it is finally announced while we were on our break. Officially, like we didn't already freaking know, uh, there will be a women's 30 women Royal Rumble. Well, we knew there'd be a Rumble before we left, but it we didn't know how many people would be taking part in it. But it's going to be a full 30, full full boat, the yeah. same amount as the men's. And in fact, I think it could close the show. I think it will too. I think it could. It just depends. Ronda Rousey's winning. Spoiler. I don't think she's going to be in it. I think she's going to be ringside, and I think Shayna Baszler is going to be in it because that's her friend, and I think maybe that's where the angle gets set up for WrestleMania. But I don't think you waste. I don't think you waste her because also because Oscar is in this this Royal Rumble. So, but like we talked about before we went on break, they've buried her, man. They, I know she's like one of the others, but she's still undefeated. They still have that right. going, and and. To put Ronda Rousey in, to beat Asuka in that way, I mean, I know a Rumble loss isn't really like a loss, you know, but still, I just don't, and if and if you put her in there and she doesn't win. You killed all the momentum of well, her, no, and, yeah. Well, and to put her in there unadvertised. Like I said, you're just leaving so much money on the table. Yeah. You could drop, just drop a hint, yeah. even, yeah. you know, that's all, that's all you need to do. Yeah. 
I mean, in some ways, I I get it because the Rumble is like one of it's the one pay per view, no matter how bad storylines are and characters are, that I will watch because I find the match to be very it's, entertaining. Yeah, it it's is the best gimmick match ever. Absolutely, it really is. Stephanie, though, taking all the credit for it was just sickening. Okay, so the the way they set up the Rumble is on Raw, all the divas, sorry, all the women wrestlers are brawling in the ring. Stephanie's music comes on and they all freeze because, oh, here comes the boss. The goddess is upon us. And she comes into the ring, heels and faces together, comes into the ring, announces it, and they all start doing the yes chants and clapping. And so they went from fighting with one another to like being all happy with one another. It was one of the worst. And and Stephanie, of course, taking all the credit. You know, and it, it was just one of those it was the worst segment I think I've seen in a how while. How many how many months have we been predicting this is gonna happen already? I think Well, as back, soon as they did the May Young Classic, yeah. I think was well, going back to at least almost November, we've been we've been saying there was gonna be a women's Royal Rumble. So I mean it's, I I didn't know that it was gonna be thirty. No and, uh, but I mean Still, you knew that's what they were leading to, and so when you give them that, you're not really giving them anything people didn't want or expect. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you, standing in there taking credit for something like it's some major award. Well, she takes credit for the whole women's evolution. Yeah. She didn't do anything (laughs) about it. It was just a change in their booking style. Right. Austin Aries makes his return to Impact Wrestling. And quite an impact he made, yes. So uh, I didn't get to see it. How well did it go over? I don't know that it's even aired yet, to be honest with you, oh, okay. because uh, I don't, like we talk about all the time, we do not get pop TV. We do not. And um, so it's it's already been taped, but yes, he comes in and beats Eli Drake for the Impact World title, which is hands down the ugliest world title in the world because they slapped a bumper sticker over <laughs> the Global Force Wrestling thing. Like a shiny bumper sticker. I thought they brought back the actual Impact logo belt. I don't know. No, I don't know what's happened to it. I guess they lost it. I This company <laughs> can't find it. So they have bumper sticker belts. So Austin Aries is your bumper sticker champion of the world. Yes. Congratulations to him. Hooray. Uh, speaking of Impact, a very shocking development. Um, so we had already had the introduction of Woken Matt Hardy on television. He posted on Twitter a picture of him standing next to and smiling in a current photo of the president of Impact Wrestling, Ed Nordholm. So basically, it's all been settled. So we are going to get the entire Broken Matt Hardy experience with Vanguard One, the drone that he thinks talks to him, and King Maxwell, his son, and of course, uh, his wife, uh, And so the whole thing, the Hardy compound, the entire, I guess, has all been secured. Hell has frozen over because I didn't think this would get resolved, but it's got, it's been resolved. And so now, because quite frankly, what they've been doing with him in the ring the last few, all he does is laugh. Uh, they yeah. haven't given him, we haven't seen the full fleshing out of this character, but now that that picture has been posted to Twitter, I think you're going to start to get the full fleshing out of Brother Nero. Brother Nero, yes, of course, and Senor whatever. I forget now. The Senor Benjamin. Senor Benjamin, yes. That, that's who I'm most excited to I see. I actually am, too. I want to see Senor Benjamin 
with the WWE logo on on TV. I want the Fountain of Rejuvenation or whatever. Yeah. I want all of yeah. that. So um, that was very exciting and very shocking to me to see that they had finally resolved it. But TNA, uh, you know, if or Impact, if you believe the rumors, they're broke. So they probably were like, eh, we'll take your money. You yeah. know, we'll we'll sell your gimmick. Have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. 25 cents. It's yours. Well, hey, man, you can go on their line. Anything you want to buy from TNA or Impact, go on their website. Everything. If it works. It is slashed prices. I went and looked just to see DVDs. And, uh, yeah, they're slashed prices. So, uh, Vince is interested in buying the uh, Carolina Panthers, the NFL team. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers are up for sale. Another another victim of these uh, sexual harassment claims that everybody is falling victim to. The owner looking to sell the team, and of course, Vince, being a native North Carolinian, um, he actually is very proud of that that fact. He is going to need more money than he withdrew, though, for uh, what we thought was the XFL, because NFL teams. You are going to spend a billion dollars at least, bare minimum. He, Doesn't matter the he, franchise. He does not need to get involved with NFL. It will not work. I it it will be. It won't work. No, I think it's no. I think it's a very safe investment. I don't think it's about necessarily doing anything different. It's just an investment yeah. because it's it's almost like owning real estate. Yeah, uh, the value of these sports. Sports franchises just goes up. Yeah. It just goes up. It never goes down. And it goes up substantially because uh, if you've noticed the last few years, there have been very few expansion teams. You know, the league doesn't expand. You know, you have 32 slots. of You have 32 teams. and 32 owners. And 32, well... The Green Bay Packers are actually owned by the public. They're like publicly owned. Yeah. But so you have 31 owners, um, but they don't expand. They haven't, you know, there's been no inclination to expand. And so it's a highly, it's a very rare commodity to have a sports franchise of any kind. And so I think if Vince, and over the last couple of years, I've read stories about how he was doing estate planning, how he was moving stocks around. I mean, he's getting old. And so to pass down to his children and his grandchildren, not just the WWE, because as big of a business as it is, it's not as stable as the NFL. And it's because pro wrestling is a very niche product. And football is football. I, I get that. I really do. But the NFL and their... 2017 was not a good season for the NFL, and they're losing sponsors. They're losing money. I I don't know if I'd want to get into bed with them right now. I just think, as I've mentioned before, people have very short-term memories. Right. And football is football. At the end of the day, I think the league also, outside of all that, I think right now the league is kind of, it needs stars it needs to build stars. There are stars in the making, mm-hmm. but there's only one Tom Brady. And outside of him, there's no icons really, yeah. you know, in that sport. And it's going to take a couple more years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is almost to that level, but you know, it's a star-driven league too. Yeah. And 
But man, football is football, and sports franchises are great investments. If I could own a sports franchise, even if it was the worst, like um, Derek Jeter just bought the Miami Marlins. They're the shittiest team in the world. He bought them, but then he turned around and sold, you know, Juan, Juan Carlos Stanton to the Yankees. And But he's still going to make money, even with the Marlins, even with the worst shit teams in the world, you will make tons of money. Yeah. And also, if you want a stadium, the town will pay for it. Yeah. And so the Braves, they are shit. They are terrible. They have a brand new stadium. So and that that the taxpayers paid for. So this is a very good investment. And you're you're selling me on it. Not only that, they own all their parking lots around the stadium too. And parking lots that are connected to hotels and stuff. So all that money, just rights fees for video games. I mean, it's something you you have to put zero effort into to I mean, the Cleveland Browns are owned by Jimmy Haslam, who is uh, Bill Haslam, our state's governor's brother. Yeah. They went 0-16. That team's still worth a billion dollars. They didn't, they've won one game in the last two years. That's still a billion-dollar team. Yes. So that's why I think it's a solid investment. You can't go wrong just because you, have, because you get a chance to play. Because you're in this very small pot. You're in the inner circle, per yeah. se. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think he would do anything crazy if he... I think I think that's a better idea than starting his own football league again. If he's thinking long-term and he's thinking about just making money. See, I want to see... I've made it clear. Well, and I think we all want to see the XFL just to see... DXFL. Well, just to see what he does this time. He hates me. Rod Smart, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of sports teams, um, and I love this. This is so fucking cool to me. The uh, the NFL Memphis Grizzlies. NBA. NBA. Or, yeah, sorry. NBA Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I love watching the uh, Memphis Grizzly wrestling that they do. And what? it's called uh, Memphis Grizzly Wrestling. And uh, they have, during their uh, halftime shows, pro wrestling matches. <laughs> and one broke out with Just Out of Rehab, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jerry the King Lawler. Yes, you heard me right. Jeff Jarrett and Jerry the King Lawler broke out into a match at, the, at an NBA game. NBA Memphis Grizzlies game. Yes, this video was posted on January 6th. Yeah, they have a tiny ring. It is up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, no, it's like in the middle section. It's almost like it's at sweet level. Yeah. We've got Jeff Jarrett, who has a belt of some sort. He's fussing at Lawler, who's in street clothes. Jeff showed up in his tights. He's ready to wrestle. And he brought a, not a worked guitar, a real guitar. He's calling out to Jerry. Oh, it's and a real guitar, and Jerry feels the real guitar across it. I'm just kind of disappointed Jerry didn't show up in gear. Jeff showed up in gear. I guess that's to make it look more like it's not a work, I guess. Probably. But I know they have done uh, spots with Scott Steiner, with uh, Buff Bagwell. They've done spots with... Uh, right here's where... It, oh, damn it, you missed oh. it. Watch this. Oh, because he gets the guitar... 
He he nails the hell out of him with this. Guitar. I know he sees. Oh God! Oh yeah, it wasn't a worked guitar. It wasn't a worked guitar. Well, I mean, he Jerry, slowed down on the. He slowed down at the very end. Jerry took it though. That's a hard lick. He, he, either way, not even being a worked guitar, that's a hard lick. Your new NBA Memphis Grizzlies heavyweight champion of the world, Double J Jeff Jarrett. Oh, ain't he great? Boy, that is a tiny ring to work It on. is a tiny, it is. I literally think it's about a 12 by 12 ring. I it don't is, even think it's that. It is small. I think it's about 8 by 8. Because when they're laid out, it looks like there's about three feet between them. It is small. and um, But they've done stuff with X-Pac. Yeah. They've done stuff with... Yeah, uh, this is a whole thing here. Yeah, you didn't realize this? No, I didn't realize that was going on. Yeah. They're, they're very entertaining to watch. And so, yes, I enjoyed uh, watching this. I don't know. I, was, I, I might prefer cheerleaders at halftime. I might. I might just prefer that. Well, see, if you go to a Memphis Grizzlies game, you get both cheerleaders and a wrestling match. Here's a story that uh, I appreciate, I'm very proud of, coming off of what I consider to be the biggest, one of the biggest built matches of all time. Chris Jericho making his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling, who, by the way... Oh, since, like, the Super Juniors, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Since, by the way, says he is going to stay in New Japan. This was not a one-hit wonder. He's going to work for them for quite a while. So, apparently, he's under contract with them. Now, I think he could be in the uh, G1, the tournament that they do. I think that that's probably uh, something else for him, but... He, uh, I think he likes. I'm sure he likes the flexibility of the schedule, and that right. he can. I mean, he's got his cruise boat coming up, and he's got um, stuff with Fozzie, and this allows him to just float in and do whatever he wants. And so, Chris Jericho dedicated the Wrestle Kingdom match to Eddie Guerrero, and yes, Chris Benoit. Oh, he posted a picture. I don't know if it was a dedication. I forget what the caption was. On the picture, but he posted a picture of the three of them or whatever, yes. and then uh, there was some pushback off. There of was it. only really well, there was pushback, yeah, that he included Benoit in the picture and he didn't crop him out or whatever, and you yeah. know, and there was some wrestling writer that he cursed at him and told him what a piece of shit he was, and that Jericho responded in a video and said he thinks about Nancy and Daniel all the time, and that uh, it was a terrible thing, and he, it's. But you know we can't just erase you know this this per, the, this person's existence. Yeah, this and man's ex- what this man did, and what he is capable of. And I think our pay per view later will go over shows that. Oh, I've man, got a lot. Yeah. I've got a lot to say about that match. As a matter of fact, um, I love the fact that you know Jake the Snake Roberts. My history is not my destiny. That he lives by that trademark now since he's gotten sober and gotten better. And I love that. And if you, it goes hand in hand. If you think about Crispin Wall, unfortunately, you think about the untimely <laughs> death. Double murder suicide, yes. But that's not his destiny. His destiny should be also the, the stuff that he did for each and every wrestler that was a little bit shorter. That was a little bit undersized that went out there and said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm still world champion material and I can prove it wrong. He was Daniel Bryan 
before Daniel Bryan. The that work as hard as you can, no matter where you are on the card. Whether yeah. you're the opening match, the middle match, a throwaway match, or the main event. Yeah. He always worked the same pace. He never. He gave it his all, two hundred percent. Yeah. And so. And no, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with posting an old picture with I don't people either. in it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong in dedicating the match to him. Uh, no, I would not dedicate the match I, uh, to him. I would not dedicate anything to Jimmy Snuka. I'm not dedicating anything to O.J. Simpson. <laughs> I'm not dedicating anything to Charles Manson. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far, but well, as far as... I think if, that's a lot different. If You're there was a picture of me and Charles Manson and I posted it, I don't think there's anything wrong with posting a picture of you and someone. I mean, I, it doesn't mean it doesn't equate me to them, right? You know, and it it doesn't make Jericho. I, yeah, I just don't see the big deal in it. I just I, I don't see the big deal in posting. I mean, even if Tamina Snuka posted a picture of her and her dad, like I can see that in its context. You know, yeah. I can. It's, I can, it's not like people are going to freak out and. Well, I just see. I just see that for what it is. It's not like. It's not like he took a picture of Chris after he killed his family, you know, smiling yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, this was something that – this was years ago. This was a different person. This is basically. when they all three worked in New Japan practically. And, well, Super Juniors. I mean, that's so, what they uh, – that's what put them on the map. Yeah. So I, I just feel like it was a simple man thinking about his dear friend who has gone – so tragically from this earth has gotten blown way the hell out of proportion. Oh, well, I mean, it's died down. I mean, it's people. Have oh, moved I understand on. that, I mean, but he had a five star match with Kenny Omega. The world has moved on. It doesn't. Yeah. Oh, the match was phenomenal. The match was outstanding. Well, it was, I mean, for a hardcore match, I have not seen it yet, um, but I've heard that it, it got very good reviews. Yeah. So uh, I will check it out eventually. I just don't, I don't watch a lot of New Japan. I don't pay for New Japan World. Sorry. I, I, I catch And it. I know there are other ways, yeah, to get it. But yeah. But uh, anyway, so yes. Let's go ahead and talk about Raw 25, shall we? What are your expectations of Raw 25? Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness it's still just a three-hour show. I was yes. worried that it was going to be like a six-hour show. Speaking of three hours, little spoiler here. Two hours are going to be from the Barclay Center, and only one hour will be from Manhattan Center. Yeah, I'm sure that all the nostalgia stuff um, will be, the majority of it will be at the Manhattan Center. And I'm sure those tickets will be much more expensive. I'm not sure the pricing structure. But, you know, I believe that's where The Undertaker will appear. It's where Shawn Michaels will. I mean, they were on the first episode of Raw, and yeah. that's where it was. So that's where their segments will be. They'll probably use Austin and McMahon at the Barclays Center for the bigger crowd. What do I expect from? Oh, the Dudley Boys are going to be there. I expect yeah, I, a Hall of Fame announcement for them. I got a. I got a list here: Austin, Undertaker, Flair, Jr., Lawler, Nash, and Hall, the uh, Bella Twins, both Nikki and Brie. JBL, Ron Simmons, spoiler APA, uh, Dudley Boys, and DX. New Age Outlaws. Including the Outlaws. Yeah, so Billy Gunn will be returning from his, uh, when he got fired for a steroid violation for weightlifting. So. Yes. And also, oddly, they invited the Boogeyman uh, back, 
which he always gets the invite to these things. I love Boogie. So anyway, yeah, they and the, the list keeps growing. I'm sure yeah. there's one Raw before it. So we're taping this on Sunday. There's there's another Raw tomorrow. I'm sure they're going to add a few extra people. Absolutely. Especially yeah. uh, on the women's side. I'm sure you'll get a Trish or maybe Alita. Definitely Alita. Yeah. Um, so I expect it to be a lot like when they used to do old school Raw, really. I don't expect... The big R-A-W logo... At the Manhattan At the Center. Manhattan Center. Um... I expect Taker to challenge Cena. I mean, that's the rumor, is that despite every year pulling our leg, you know, taking off the robe, doing the grand exit. Well, they they fucking sold thank you, Taker stuff all year last year. But they refuse to say that he's retired. You know, all the announcers say, we think he's retired. Yeah. Who knows if we'll see him again? They always leave that door open. And I think they realize, or I think Taker wants this Cena match for whatever fucking reason. I'm sorry. I love you, Taker. I don't want to see you wrestle ever again. I don't. I can't. Except for if it was Sting. Sting. Give us that fucking match. No, Sting can't wrestle anymore. No, fuck that. Give us... We don't want to see Cena and Taker because we all know the outcome. We all know it's going to be three in a row losses for him. and Or not in a row, but still. It's the three count and you're out. This is going to be the three count and you're out. So instead of it being the three count and you're out, it needs to be Taker and Sting. I think that Cena... Will beat Taker, as you predict. I think Reigns will beat Lesnar. And then you can set up for SummerSlam, Cena, Reigns, for breaking the 16 Nature Boy streak or whatever. Yeah. The Nature Boy record, which is not really a record. It's much more titles than that. But anyway. um, But that's the perfect way to do it. Yeah. Because... You know, on paper, they're now equals. Even though they've already given us the match, they've already given us Reigns and Cena. And we've already had the show of respect or whatever. We've already had Cena take her, just FYI. I know. I know. But I do think that's... But yet we still... I don't think Taker's showing up here just to do a pose in the ring, you know? No. I think you're right on. I think it was a leg pull last year and... I don't think he's going to say I'm going to be in the Rumble. Oh, hell no. And I don't think I don't think his hip could take being in the rumble. <laughs> yeah, he's not going over the top rope. Yeah, no, I, I really don't. But I mean, and I'm telling you, one AA and his hip's gone. So you're not getting a couple of kickouts. You're getting one large AA bump and or an FU. I still love calling it the FU. I don't want to see him. I just don't want to see him wrestle again. Just because it was just so sad seeing the way. Now, I mean, he can shock me, and he can maybe he moves great now, or you know, much better. But it was just—he could be too cold, Scorpio, man. Too yeah. cold. The older that son of a bitch gets, the better he gets in the ring, man. Too cold, Scorpio is. Or I think is amazing. I think the same thing about RVD and Jericho. They still move very well for their age. I think Goldust moves extremely well for oh, his yeah. age. Um, but I just don't want. I don't want to be depressed. With Taker. And last year, I was legitimately depressed watching that Taker match. It was a fight, whether you actually wanted to watch the match and deal no, with I the depression. Or... Well, I had a blue light shooting <laughs> into my face, too, 
and a headache that was pulsating from all the pyro and the blue light being on our face the entire time. And then, so now I have to sit here and watch, you know, my hero get beat again by this fucking boring wrestler. And not only get beat, but get beat in a terrible match because the poor guy can't even move around. And yeah. They botch the tombstone spot, and it's just sad. And I just wanted to. I mean, we didn't even stick around to see him do the the exit because fuck it, you know. Like, uh, we weren't the only ones. Let I me know, tell you, I know that's something we weren't that, the only ones. No one ever po- seems to fucking mention that that people hit the exits. People, uh, what's it? I mean, WrestleMania thirty. I guarantee you, I make this statement. You can go back and look on tape. There's no way to fucking... WrestleMania 33. No, WrestleMania 30. There's no way to fucking edit it out. You can go back and look on tape. After that three count, over over, over half... Oh, you mean when he lost. Over half the fucking crowd got up and left and did not stay for the Daniel Bryan match because they were that pissed off. I don't think it was over half, but a lot of people did did it head for the exits. I don't know if they left or if they just went to the concession stand to try to compose themselves because, you know, you had... I know I did. It's the most shocking thing that's ever happened, you know, outside of, you know, um, you know, things in real life, you know, yeah. like um, Owen or Benoit and stuff like that. But it's the most shocking, you know, planned thing to ever happen i think in wrestling and then to turn well, besides, around i guess you could maybe make the argument hell in a cell 98 oh yeah some of that is pretty shit. shocking um but i mean then to turn around though and go back and make us relive that not only relive him losing but relive it with someone that people just flat out do not like Quit, yeah. quit cramming him down our fucking throats. We're done. Well, I just don't think he's the guy. He, he's not. He shouldn't be. And so... But he is. Because they tell us he is, so... And um, un- until the fans start riding back, it's not going to change. No, I mean, but you have to... The only way people take notice is when you hit them in the wallet and it's not happened yet. Yeah. It's happened in a small way with us because we're not paying for WrestleMania tickets this year. Yeah. And I would love to go back to New Orleans. I would love to, but I'm not doing it for that. No. It's not worth it. Yeah. I can't I can't see the same main event again. It's not worth it. Two more stories. Uh, okay. Rapper Travis Scott I did not know who this was. You were enlightened. Yeah, Travis Scott is is actually, he's a rapper, but he's actually more famous for being Kylie Jenner's, he's going to be her baby daddy. She's pregnant with his baby. So that's his real claim to fame at the moment. So he's uh, he's going to be a next uh, Kardashian? Yes, he's going to be a part of the family. So. Okay, right. So he's taking her name, apparently. That's what I think everybody does. I mean, she's a Jenner, technically, but, you know, it's it's all Same just... Same damn thing. Same damn fucking thing. You become part of them. They absorb you. He, uh... <laughs> don't even get me started on that note. Um, he is trying to trademark Cactus Jack. Yes. He apparently works with some other rappers and producers that have similar-sounding names and... So this was his this was his alias that some of his producers also had like similar aliases and I guess this was the one he came came up with 
And uh, he got a cease and desist, so he's probably not going to be able to use it. However, he does... Um, WWE did abandon the trademark a few years back, so he does have a slight chance Ooh. of getting it. And also, what people need to realize about trademarks and copyright and stuff, it's also about usage or, like, line of work, you yeah. know? Like, you know, like, there's a... He's a rapper, and... McFoley's a wrestler. Yeah. And so if I know that there's a hot new single out by Cactus Jack, I know because McFoley's not a rapper that it's not the Cactus Jack from wrestling. Yeah. Or just like there's a movie called The Road Warrior with like, you know, Mel Gibson, Mad yeah. Max. And there's the Road Warriors, the tag team. Yeah. But I, I know the difference because it's just, it's all dependent upon usage. Now, if Travis Scott wanted to become a pro wrestler and said, I want to be Cactus Jack, then when they'd... We'd have a legitimate He'd have claim. more of a problem. Yeah. But I think, actually, he could probably, if he wanted to spend the money to, to go... If he wants it that bad and wants to spend the money, he might be able to obtain it because it's a different line of work. Yeah, you know, I can be intern Alex on the radio, and someone else can be intern Alex in a movie or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not as long as it's not based on my exciting life, then it's not. I don't have a claim to it. Well, who's going to act you in our in our? Oh, our for movie? me, uh, yeah. definitely Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, me. really? I think, yeah, I think we we are strike. We bear a striking resemblance to one another. And uh, for you, um, I'm thinking see. Denzel Washington. Denzel, yeah, yeah Denzel, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tyler Perry. Ty- there you go, Tyler Perry. Yes. So, Medea. Um, I think there's a slight color difference, but other than that, we'll be all right. So, uh, you know, it's all about imagination. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> we're so fucked up here. Uh, last news story, and then I got a question for you. So, this leads into our pay per view. We uh, talked about it early 2017. It has finally arrived. Christy Hemme gave birth to... You mean 2018? Oh, yes. No, we talked about it in 2017 when the news broke, but it is finally here. Christy Hemme gave birth to her quadruplets, three boys, one girl, all named Hemme, Jagger, Quinn, and Sonny with an I. Hold on. So she named... Oh, well, I guess that's her gimmicked last name. So right. she gave one of them her gimmicked last name as a first yes. name? Yes, she did. <laughs> so this will That's be- funny to me. So, I'm sorry. That's so funny. So if they, if they become a wrestler and they take her mother's gimmick Hemi, name, Hemi. it's going to be Hemi Hemi. That's hilarious. That is such a carny thing to do. I'm sorry. So, Hemi, Jagger, Quinn, and Sonny with an I. Jagger is a very becoming a very popular name, so I, that one doesn't surprise me. And what was the other one? Quinn, Q U I N N. I like that name. Uh, reminds me of Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. It always will, just because that's or Harley Quinn. If you're a Batman I guess, fan, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I can't believe she gave her gave the gimmick last name. I'm just trying to figure out who's the three boys and who's the girl out of those names. I can't. I could be. I mean, I'm not. I'm just legitimately curious. I can look it up real quick, I'm sure. Sonny is the girl. Okay. Because it's Sonny Sue. I guess, you know, unless she's like Johnny Cash. So the boy is going to be named Hemi Hemi. He's Hemi Lee. Hemi Lee. 
Hemi Lee Patterson, Jagger James Patterson, Quinn Eugene Patterson, and Sonny Sue Patterson. Okay. Born January 6th, 2018 at 32 weeks, and they have the same birthday as their big sister. That's odd. That's an odd coincidence. I guess it's not really a coincidence. You can kind of schedule these things now, so maybe she did it on purpose. But well, You know that was a C-section birth. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not... I think that's the only way to do that. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Four four babies at once, though. That's that's tough. Man. I can't even with someone with a very stable income like her, or you know, someone with a lot. I I just don't want. I never want to be in that position. No, that is too much all at once. I'm all I'm all for having you know one or two kids, but man, I, I at least want to space them out. Four to four at once. That's a that's a hard hit. That's pretty rough. All right, so before we go to our pay-per-view, what is – I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. What is your favorite Raw moment over the past 25 years? There could be a couple. I mean, you can't – if you can't give me one solid one, because I have a few. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. It's only been on the air for 25 years, so there's a lot I to have a couple. From. Uh, I lo- my personal favorites. Uh, Foley winning the title. Cactus Jack finally making his WWF debut in a street fight against Triple H. Very I, good street fight. Yes, very underrated. I also love uh, the uh, the televised face to face with um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, where Shawn challenges him. Sean's coming out of retirement. Sean, the is that har- where he stands out of the wheelchair? No, or something? no. This is where he's all bruised from where he went through the the glass oh, window, and and he comes back, and the doctors, you know, he tells him, you know, that the doctors have told me I'll make a full recovery. I'll make a full recovery by say SummerSlam. That fucking place went absolutely nuts. I get chill bumps literally just talking about it. Like that that moment was here. It is your childhood. A guy they said would never wrestle would again. Would never wrestle again. It's going to make a comeback. Like, that is fucking insane to me. That place went absolutely shit crazy. So, uh, that's my couple. But what are what are yours? The most important moment that ever happened on Raw was the simulcast with the final Nitro. It's not really a moment that I didn't, I didn't see it live, but... The significance of it and what it meant for the wrestling industry, um, I think that's probably the most important and one of the most unique things to ever occur because you're on two networks owned by different companies at the same time. I thought that was very strange. I remember flipping through the channels and watching it live back and forth, so I, I agree. That uh, that was a very serious moment. Honestly, my the, the favorite... My favorite thing is probably going to be mostly Austin and McMahon stuff, uh, just because... That very first stunner, or just all around? No, just a lot of... Uh, in particular, my favorite is probably him driving the Zamboni, uh, which I believe took place at Joe Louis Arena, and so he drives the Zamboni down, and... Man, he hit that clothesline out of nowhere off the top of that thing. Yeah, I just loved. Well, and he bumps into the ring. He drives it very. Da- 
He was very reckless driver, this guy. It was amazing. He never, especially when they gave him the ATV, that he never rolled that thing because this guy. Or the monster truck pulling it down the ringside and not hitting a barricade or running over a fan. Yeah. It's amazing that, like, how someone wasn't hurt or, like, serious equipment wasn't. I mean, well, he did hit some equipment with the Zamboni, but it was. Uh, the beer truck. I don't like the beer truck as much because of. Vince's selling of the beer with the swimming. swimming. Um, and I don't like the milk truck because it's a spoof of the beer truck. But yeah. for me, the Zamboni and just the crowd reaction and just um, – I really related to Stone Cold Steve Austin just because I was at an age uh, where I definitely had a distaste for authority. And uh, Well, it makes – I mean, it has – Funny story real quick, side note. It has changed what a generation looks at. I went and bought, I always get sweet tea to drink while you have your coffee here while we do the radio show. Right across the street at the gas station, and the young man tells me that my uh, my uh, the charge for these two is uh, 316. And the first thing he says is, well, damn, I'm sounding like Stone Cold. And I literally started laughing. And that was earlier, just literally right before I got here. So it is Austin and McMahon that culminated into a a whole uh, a whole genre of of fans and people outside of wrestling. It has changed a a generation. And I liked a lot of the uh, the Heart Foundation versus DX stuff that they did. Oh yeah, ninety oh, ninety seven and ninety eight just had a lot of. Uh, really great times for me but i'm also you know i just that's the era that i grew up really watching the most and love uh, it was the hottest time in the business too so a lot of the moments they show on raw 25 are gonna be from that time i mean like i hate to say it like but there's there's definitely been some eras of raw where it's there's just not much going on 94 the new gen, it was slow in the new gen era. I mean, it, was, it started in the new gen era, but in '93, but '94, it really started. Kind of, I was like, man, this thing's not gonna last. This era that we're uh, currently stuck in here of the uh, Taboo Tuesday 2004, that 2003 to I don't know 2006, maybe 2002 to 2006, like after WCW's gone. And so they can ease up the brakes a little, you know. They can they can hit the brakes a little bit because there's nobody else. Yeah. And the stuff with like uh, HLA and you know just the kind of some of the bullshittery we get in this pay per view as right. Fact. Yes. Um, their Spike TV era, I guess. Basically, like I think that was a really bad time. Even though you know numbers were still there, were still more people watching then. But I just think. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of gold uh, to be found in those years, outside of like you say like Sean's return and a few things here and there Goldberg and you know super kick to Shelton Benjamin that was fucking that's a moment in history right there that was a badass super kick. So yeah, there was there was there's some good, but there were definitely some lean years. I yeah. think really, I mean. You know, I'm not, and I'm not. I think the in ring is is a lot better now, but I think that storylines are still not very good. It's still just not. I don't know what's missing. You know, I don't. 
Well, the fact that everything's so scripted now. Yeah. And people blame it on, like, the PG era and stuff, but I don't... You can still have a good show and be rated PG. You don't have to curse and have edgy... It's missing that moment of, like... I remember when the Sunny Days comment was made. And everybody jumped on that bandwagon of... Was that a, you know, was he just making a bullshit statement or was that a more of a interpreted meaning than what, you know, it should have been? Like, oh, my God, what, you know, holy cow, I can't believe you said that. Everything is so scripted now to the point that you don't have that anymore. No, there's no spontaneity. There's no, right, and there's no, and there was no cursing in that. There was nothing, you know, different in that. Well, and It they, was just, uh, it was a moment in time where it was like whoa did he really just kind of pull back the curtain or was he just being an asshole like you know and so it was uh it was something that i feel is missing in wrestling today well and sometimes what they give them to say is scripted human beings don't speak like yeah they speak right they don't people don't insult each other the way they insult each other People don't stand around backstage looking at a screen sideways watching a match. You know, just the interview segments, there's no there's no one like Mean Gene. I mean, not that he was a part of Raw, you know, for any really of it. Um, but there's, there's not – there's no interviewer that's like stoking those performers back there. It's my guest at this time is Roman Reigns. And let him talk, yeah. Here's his scripted line. So, Roman, tonight you face Samoa Joe. What do you think about that? Okay, well, what about this? And then they don't even get to say back to you. And then the camera just freezes on the reporter. And what's different than just having a mic stand there? They provide nothing. Right. So even Michael Cole, when he used to do interviews, could get something. When they were allowed to be, when they weren't scripted. Well, that was the thing. I just remember the DX stuff with Michael Cole, and, you know, he's in the ring, and they're giving him a wedgie, or they're, you know... Or the stuff with uh, Slaughter, you know? Or rocking, rocking, um, uh, Kevin, Kevin Kelly. Kelly. Man, the hermaphrodite jokes for years. Just that stuff was hilarious and very entertaining and off the cuff, and you don't have that anymore. But any other moments from Raw... I know we kind of broke into another discussion throughout your thought process there. Oh, yeah. No, that was – but really, Austin on the Zamboni is probably my favorite. And I know it's not like a match or anything. There there have been some great matches on Raw, but that's not the stuff that I remember. You know, that's not the stuff that comes to mind. It's the segments and – It's the moments. Yeah, moments. Stuff Here, Here's your life, Rock. Yeah, here's your life, Rock. Uh, Austin hitting McMahon with the bedpan and the clown and Mr. Socko being introduced. and um, I put up there... Um, the DX invasion. There's yeah. um, I put up there uh, Kevin Owens, Jericho's... Uh, Festival of Friendship. Festival of Friendship. Of, of stuff from the last couple of years. Yeah, that was a really good segment. Yeah, but it's stuff like that. It's, yeah. I could we could go on and on. I mean, we can we can do more next week because we've still got another week to go before right right, and we can see what actually they they have planned for Raw twenty five because, you know, I 
I just I don't know how many matches you even want to put on. You know, I mean. Do you want to make it about the moments or do you want to make it about the matches? I would rather it be about the moments. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, they've just re- they've just finally formed the Balor Club, and so I think you might see something like the NWO two sweeting the Balor Club now, and um, or something like that. Some way to work them into current um, storylines and stuff. But I just I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, yeah. I mean, what you send Shawn Michaels out there to hit a super kick, and well, he cuts a promo and then hits a super kick. I guess. I mean. I mean, I just don't know what they're going to do, but we'll find out. But I do, I do know what they did at Taboo Tuesday in 2004. You know why? Because that was 14 years ago. It was. And so it's easy to go back, well, almost 14 years ago, because it happened October 19th, 2004. The tagline is, You control the fate of Raw superstars, the World Heavyweight Championship, and the course of history. You know what this is? This is a landmark event. By the way, I thought about this uh, tagline changing the course of history, and you know, technically everything changes the course of history. Correct. Uh, every what we're doing right now is changing history. Correct. So I, I have that power. This though, tagline so. could be used for anything. Correct. As mundane as going to the bathroom, I've changed the course of history. Well, I don't want to think about that. History okay. has been written. I went to the urinal at seven forty-five. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> uh, there are people that get on Facebook and Twitter and do that kind of thing. They want they let you know every time they go to the Oh, bathroom. I know. They let you know everything their baby's doing, too. That's and, the thing I hate the worst. They yeah. get unfollowed by me very quickly. Yes, me too. The sponsor for this show is, of course, 1-800-CALL-ATT for collect calls, because we need your votes, people. This is happening at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you will not believe it's only in front of 3,500 people. No shit. That Are you is, serious? They made it look like a lot more, but there's only 35. Really? Fuck, I was thinking at least 15,000, 20,000 people. I thought it was a regular size arena. From I the did way too. Sh- this, as much shit as I gave Kevin Dunn, the way it was shot, I would have never thought I wouldn't that it was like... UTC Arena, you know, I thought... Fuck, that's smaller than UTC Arena. We've drawn bigger crowds at UTC Arena, yeah. I think. So 3,500 people. Wow, that's Re- insane. And that was a hot crowd, too, then, because when those cheers would erupt, it sounded like a lot more. Well, they got to be involved, in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> this received 174,000 pay-per-view buys... It helped the company increase its pay-per-view revenue by $6.2 million compared to the previous year. It's the first to be held on a Tuesday since 1991's This Tuesday in Texas, which was not released on home video, so the network was its first official release was This Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, if you And the wrestling classic If you well. didn't buy it and actually plug in that VHS tape and hit record, you don't have a copy of well, it until you, the network. You didn't read the FBI warning, pal. They might still come after you. They are more than welcome to because, you know, yeah. it's not like I'm selling it. Yeah. I'm, you know. Now, of course, they did have to run a pay-per-view on a different day when In Your House 8 Beware of Dog had some uh, technical complications and had to be rerun <laughs> the, on a uh, different day as well. The building got struck by lightning at that point in time and lost all power. Yes, yeah, so they only... The night of the pay-per-view, they only showed two matches because they showed 
the opening match and the power to the trucks was restored for the main event and the rest of the matches were all held as dark matches. Literal dark matches. Could not see anything. They had barely. very little barely. light. Barely, yeah. yeah, barely. Generator light, I guess. Yeah. The destiny of WWE superstars is out of their control. Yeah, it's in you, the fans' hands. History will be altered forever. Landmark event. Four million votes have been cast thus far, and you know how long they had to vote? One whole day. Because they opened the voting on Raw last night, you have one day. And up until up until the match happens, up yeah. until Coachman says the results, yeah. you can still get your vote in. That's right. 1-800-CALL-ATT or whatever, you get that vote in. Now, Jonathan Coachman is in the Data Information Center, off to the side. So he will be providing us updates on the voting and how things are going. Also, the crowd seems to get a vote, but it, it's never really explained to us the weight of the crowd's vote. What if they disagreed with the people? Would they? Who knows? That's true. What if they did disagree? I know. It, it's it's very odd. It seems very... You know, I think something's a little afoot here, Patrick, when both the online and the crowd are in 100% agreement on every single pick. It's almost like... They rigged it. Really? I just get a feeling. I just get. They a f- wouldn't do that. I just get a feeling wrestling isn't on the level. They didn't release official results, you know, tallies, but I'd like to see the numbers. I mean, they showed percentages, yeah. but they didn't actually tell me, you know, votes. That's true. So, before we can begin the night, we need our first important decision. It's the Divas Revolution, everybody. So yes. the Divas all walk out on stage. That is a giant keyboard, like a computer keyboard, because, ooh, it's, you can vote online. You ooh, can. fancy. And it's, it's a keyboard stage, so all the divas walk out. The fans have a very serious choice in front of them for what, the divas battle royal what tonight. What is the wardrobe for this battle royal going to be? And the choices are so nice. A, so, a schoolgirl, a French maid. Yes. And a... Nurse. Nurse, yes. Now, I would have been fine with any of these picks. In fact, you you know, I would have been fine with them wearing whatever they wanted to. Correct. Because it makes no difference to me. No. Now, the live audience... Here is a pattern I noticed with the live audience voting. And this is is true. I noticed this at the Billy Joel concert, too. This This is some sort of psychological thing we do. This is like... On those game shows where it's pick a door. It seems uh, the later door is always picked. Yeah. The last one, the most recent one you're you're told is the one you're always going to go with. I wonder why that is. That's just how your brain works. So anyway, at the Billy Joel concert, he would say, well, guys, he came out. I mean, he's got a huge catalog of hits. And he says, I can't play them all. So I'm going to let you vote on some. And he would name a couple songs, and then he would name the third song, and the crowd would always go, yay, for the third song. Even if it was, like, I was sitting there kind of pissed off because a couple of times he named songs first that I wanted to hear. Yeah. But because they weren't the last, they didn't get cheered. Right. And just like they they do here at Taboo Tuesday 2004, they strategically put schoolgirls last. Yes. And so it gets the biggest cheer. So I got a question or a little piece of scientific knowledge. 
Do you think it's because people have such short-term memories that they always go with the last and most recent thing that they hear? I think there's a uh, there's a connection somewhere in that. You know, I I think in a legitimate situation where I don't think it's like because I this is rigged, this is rigged to where I, I think it's on the up and up. Um, in a legitimate situation, right. if I was given three choices in my mind of equal value, and it was really just personal, like you want a Big Mac or a Whopper, right? Where it's it's basically like all these are basically the same thing. Yeah. But like in an actual situation, you know, I I guess I you would pick the one you want. I I don't know how to explain it. It's very it's like if I didn't but if I didn't know, like it's door number 1, door number 2 and door number 3, I'm probably taking door number Well, actually because it's in the middle, I think people are more prone to choose two. I'm never probably going to pick one. No. I don't know why. And yeah, I'm going to pick the latter ones. It do, it probably does have something to do with short-term memory, just like I don't even remember the last or or as I'm being read the choices, the way I'm I'm being read the choices, it's like, do you want to hear do you want to hear Devil went down to Georgia? Yay. But you know there's more choices coming, so it's like, do you want to hear Sweet Home Alabama? Yay! And then it's like, do you want to hear Freebird? Yeah! Because you know that's, you know, I've got three. Yeah. And you're like, well, I just want to see what else is out there. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. I mean, that's yeah. one way to rig it to where yeah. you're always going to have them pick the third thing. I really would have been curious to know what they would have done had they said, had the crowd gone crazy for French maids. Yeah. And then and then the internet vote come up differently because who because now who's the is Jonathan Coachman the decider like they never explained that I would say I, they never explained it but I would say he would be but yeah they don't so. have to worry about it though because of that this never weird, happened no not a single fucking time <laughs> even though we'll get to it later but there's one that after I saw the promo cut I w- I would have changed my fucking vote. The internet, surprise, surprise, agrees with the crowd. They want schoolgirls. And so I thought, are they going to like get into the outfits right here? No. They all just go back. And I was like, so when is the match happening? Like, why did we do this now? Like, well, it takes a while for them to get into costume. Right. So they, well, they, they all have to go to the nearest store and buy the outfit. Right. That's very true. And it was kind of unfair for them because they had to buy all three outfits just in case. I mean, that was a very costly... This was a very costly and thing you, to do. And if you the, watch throughout 2004, 2005, I'm pretty sure all three outfits yes, were used. You'll, you'll I mean. get, they will get used in your personal or professional life at some point. Now, what's funny about this is, as it's announced, most of the divas just stand there with no reaction. But Stacy Keebler, for some reason, claps. She's like, yay, schoolgirls. I don't know... Maybe because she remembers being Miss Hancock, and that was almost like a schoolgirl outfit. Like, so maybe. See, I always thought she was like a lab, little librarian. Yeah, I mean that, but it was. Same I think thing. that's the closest Same thing. thing. Yeah. Coach mentioned he's he's got his wrestling pants on tonight yeah. in case he's asked to compete. Because believe it or not, he's <laughs> in the next vote. He is. Y2J comes out, and we're going to find out who is going to take on Y2J for the Intercontinental title, and 
the votes are tallied. Y2J, by the way, is being billed as being from born in Manhattan, New York. So they wanted to distance him from the other Canadians because the Canadians were all heels or whatever. So As of right now, yes. So Coach asked the crowd, here are your choices, everybody. These are the people that you get to pick from. Yes. And the, the internet at home. Now, I wrote down all the choices on all the others, but there were so many fucking choices for this match, I did not write them down. It's the entire fucking locker room. It (laughs) It really is. And Jonathan Coachman. And Jonathan Coachman. So Coach says, do you want Batista? Which does get some crowd reaction. And in non-kayfabe terms, based on where they were heading with Batista, he probably should have gotten this here, but... They, they had bigger plans for him. Batista, Shelton Benjamin, Christian, Hurricane, Rodney Mack, Maven, Chuck Palumbo, Regal, Stevie Richards, Rhino, Rosie, Tajiri, which gets some applause, or Tyson Tomko. Oh, boy. Now, see, I would rather personally like to have seen either Stevie Richards go for it and get that little push or I would like to have saw um, who were the choices again? <laughs> you have Shelton Benjamin, Christian, Hurricane, Batista, Rodney Mac, Maven, Palumbo, Regal, Richards, Rhino, Rosie, Tajiri, or Tyson Tomko. William Regal. I think my vote would have been Tajiri. I would have loved to have seen Jericho at his prime here and Tajiri, two fast-paced guys, like yeah. a really hot opening match. How like, I mean, that would have been the other two I would have voted for, but however, my vote was going to probably go with the exact winner at 37%, Shelton Benjamin. Now, Val Venus was in the pool, but it was eliminated due to injury, so Coachman, even though I don't know this, this was announced on Raw that Venus was out, Coachman took his place... Overnight and somehow ended up coming in third place in the results. People actually thought this is a good matchup for Y2J, Jonathan Coachman. Well, yeah, because we want to see Y2J kick his ass. Had they actually announced that on Raw the night before, though, Coachman would have won that damn match. Or that vote. vote, The vote, yeah. Well, if it's not rigged, yeah. Because the fans would have been all over that. Well, this is before. Also, this is before the era of the internet troll, where right. we just are going to fuck with you. Right. They had been upselling and upselling and upselling Shelton Benjamin so hard. Right. That, like, there's no denying who's getting this match. Like, I mean... You know, and that's what kills me. I was watching this this match, and to see his abilities, I really think he is all around, hand for hand, one of the... Most talented wrestlers. Okay, Jr. No, I, I really do. I swear. I to God. think he is now, but I think in this match he was very, still very green as a singles competitor, especially. Why are they wasting him away in a tag team right now when they don't have him running a singles run? They well, put especially him, when they're. I feel they're short on baby faces on SmackDown. They put him as the new guy of American yeah, Alpha. Yeah, he's I mean, American that, Alpha 2.0. Yeah, I mean he's that's just Team kinda, Angle 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't I don't like it. And I, I don't think he's at his peak here. I like I said, I felt he came off kind of green in this matchup. Yeah. This is the first meeting between Shelton and Jericho. We get some deep arm drags from Benjamin to Jericho 
and then into an arm bar. Jericho works out of it, lands some big knife-edge chops. Shelton back body drops Jericho over the ropes, and he lands safely on his feet before then getting hit with a baseball slide. Shelton works a chin lock and shoves Jericho to a corner where he delivers some big chops and strikes. Jericho hits a running insiguri and gets a two count. We get a back suplex followed by elbows to Shelton Benjamin from Jericho, followed by a vertical suplex in the come on, baby, pinfall attempt, which has never worked. Which, I in his s- final match, it needs to work. I think. I, that's what I agree. I want to see it actually work once. Benjamin misses a drop kick, lands on his back, and Jericho delivers a stiff kick to his back for good measure then a backbreaker and stretches Benjamin over his knee, putting pressure on that back. Got to work over Shelton's back. A sunset flip, though, nets a two-count for Shelton to get out of all this. A clothesline nets a two for Jericho. Jericho climbs to the top turnbuckle. Benjamin, though, runs up, catches him with strikes, and hits a superplex. Both men sell the effects from the superplex. That, that That superplex was awesome. Kyoto has a 10 count going, but Jericho is up at 7 despite. Bad job here, Jericho. You were the one that took the superplex, and you beat Shelton to your feet. He made it back up at 7. Benjamin lands a spinning heel kick for a 2 count. A bulldog from Jericho followed by the lion's salt, but he misses. Benjamin climbs to the top turnbuckle and hits a clothesline and only gets 2. Benjamin misses a stinger splash in the corner and Jericho looks for the walls of Jericho, but Benjamin inside cradles him for a near fall. Jericho hits a lion salt quickly, but can't capitalize, can't crawl over for the cover. So Jericho throws Benjamin into the corner and chops him again. Jericho then gets thrown to the corner. He dives off the second rope, but straight into a T-bone suplex from Shelton Benjamin, and Shelton Benjamin, with the upset, gets the Intercontinental title in... A match that, like I said, uh, he looked pretty green in, and this last sequence where Jericho was to jump into his arms was kind of sloppy. Yeah. I think uh, he wasn't there early enough for Jericho, so Jericho kind of had to wait for him to get there for him to jump and make make it into the finish. But right. um, a lot of potential in this guy. Like I said, they always sold him. You know, JR always the heavy sell on Shelton Benjamin, and... Um, was a very good competitor for many, many years and never uh, got the breaks, I think, that he deserved. But also, at the same time, um, you do have to show some improvement on the mic. And I don't think Shelton Benjamin, and to this day, I still think he's a great, great pro wrestler, but he is not a microphone guy. He's not a guy that you can just put out there. He's a guy that I think if he... If they were to have made him like a heel and given him a great mouthpiece, not I mean not necessarily Paul Heyman, but someone like that yeah. to do the talking for him, I think he could have been a really really big deal. But uh, Shelton on his own, you know, I can barely tell you what his voice sounds like. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this match? Oh, I I loved the match. I think um, where I enjoyed later on in his career. Uh, which it's not over with, but later on in this run, uh, when he had uh, Mama Benjamin come into the ring with him, was very entertaining. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember Mama Benjamin? You do not remember Mama Benjamin. Okay. Well, 
I think that was very entertaining. However, that killed the the run and the drive that he had going. I think if they had left him the way he was, so they put him into a comedy thing. Yes. Oh yeah. Had they left? You him, can't bill him as a you know a he premier athlete. He literally had a an outstanding match on Raw one night with Triple H in a world for the world title. And the very next week, here he is showing up with his mother, taking care of him from his cuts and his bruises and all that from Triple H. What Triple H gave him, of course, and, Triple H. And, it's the Triple H era. Of and Raw. she literally, he had a he had a WrestleMania special entrance where all these women dressed up identical to his mother. Oh, I thought that was for uh, Brodus Clay. No. Someone call my mama. No. Right? They, I mean, it was literally oh, this is a different one. Yes, so it was. I mean, at WrestleMania 21, the one that's coming up, the uh, the one following this pay per view, basically. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'll have to, yeah, I'll check that out. It's. I'm pretty sure. So, it was just very. You can actually go on YouTube and type in his mama. It's just. Uh, it was very. It killed his momentum. Well, you can't bill him as a wrestling machine and then turn him comedy yeah. right then and there. Yeah. Uh, the fans at the arena, all 3,500 of them, were sort of lukewarm for this uh, match and for Benjamin. Benjamin gets the respect spot from Jericho at the end of the match, which I kind of thought Jericho might deck him, but no, he didn't. Kick him right between the legs like he did Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Want my rematch. We go backstage to see the... All the right. nominees, the candidates for our heavyweight championship match. Here's a little bit of explanations. Your winner of this vote will be in the world heavyweight title match against Triple H later tonight. Your two losers will be teamed together for the tag team titles later on. So Very now, odd. So if that makes sense, going to the polls here. Your choices are Chris Benoit, Edge, and HBK Shawn Michaels. Now, the votes come in. Chris Benoit gets 28%. Edge oh, before we reveal the vote totals, I just want oh, okay. I want to go over what Todd Grisham and them talked about. So, it's time for them to make their last push before the results come in. Yes. Edge says, I want a triple threat match, so I can win tonight. Now, this is where my vote changed about who I wanted in this match. That and the knowledge that would come later that I was unaware of about Shawn Michaels, okay? But Benoit says, I never lose to Triple H. And if you're sick of Triple H and Evolution and Triple H and Evolution every single week on your TV, then vote for the Crippler. Like, it was a really good promo. Yeah, it was intense. Him. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. it was sort of a shoot promo because, yeah. like, Triple H, like I said, this era is, like, just nothing but get the belt to Triple H. Yeah. Put Triple H over. Bury everyone else. Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. And so when he was saying that, I was like, Holy fuck! I want to see this guy. In He's going to tear into him. I, that's what I literally thought. I'm thinking. I got that feeling just rewatching this, knowing he wasn't going to win, but seeing that promo, I got the feeling like, dude, if he wins, he's going to rip him to shreds, man. Well, like, and I just he, thought he wants him bad. I know people. I just, I would have been like, I'm. I would have been dialing or you know logging on to vote. You know, like yeah. right then, I was like, Benoit, Benoit, this, this has to happen. Yeah. 
Especially when they fucking did this bullshit thing here. Okay. This is, I really, it just really angers me. So Sean says, yeah, man, I'm hurt, but look, I'll fight if I have to. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the best I can. Well, the polls are still open, but get your votes in quickly. We're just moments away from finding out who will face Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. But before we do, we'd like to speak to all three candidates one last time. Edge, I'll start with you. First off, congratulations on your win last night in the triple threat match. What are your final thoughts? Well, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I won the triple threat match. To me, proving that I deserve the world title match here at Taboo Tuesday. And if there's any justice in this world, I'll walk out of Taboo Tuesday with my head held high as the world heavyweight champion. Chris Benoit, one final chance to tell the fans why they should vote for you to face Triple H. Like I said last night, I've not lost to Triple H since coming back to Raw. And if the people like myself are sick and tired of watching Triple H and Evolution, and Triple H and Evolution, and Triple H and Evolution dominate Raw. Then vote for Benoit, because I've made that SOB tap out before, and I'll do it again tonight and walk out World Heavyweight Champion. Shawn Michaels, it appeared last night you were injured during that triple threat match. However, Triple H is saying that perhaps you might be faking your injuries to garner up a sympathy vote from the fans. What do you say? Well, I'll admit I ask a lot of things from the fans, but one thing I'm not asking for is sympathy. Uh, after you strip away the image, all a man's got is his word. And I'm giving you my word that I am injured. I'm not 100%. I've got a torn medial meniscus. But the fact is, I've done it once before for these people, and I'll do it again. You give me one more shot at the World Heavyweight Championship, I promise you this, and it's all I've got. Whatever is left in here, I'll leave out there in the ring. Every shred of my, every ounce of my being, I will leave in that ring for you tonight against Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. What? <laughs> fuck you! And fuck you, WWE! <laughs> I, this would piss me off to no end. I okay? think he legitimately might have actually hurt no, his name. No, this was bullshit. And this is bullshit to me. Like, this angers the fuck out of me, okay? <laughs> like, if you're selling it as a legitimate injury, he should have been removed from the vote. It's that simple. Val Venus was removed. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I didn't even write that down. You made my point for me. This is bullshit. Val Venus was removed. And all those votes for Sean, those people were fucked over or whatever. I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, in yeah. Or okay. <laughs> I'm unaware of the timing of when the injury, if the injury happened on Raw. It happened the night before. Okay, so it happens on Raw. This also insults us as the fan base because you can read the vote totals. Okay. So now votes come in. Benoit gets 28%. Edge gets 33%. And Shawn Michaels gets 39%. So your winner and will be wrestling for the World Heavyweight title later on tonight, none other than a very injured HBK. See, this also insults the fans. But it, it's, it insults me as a fan. Yeah. And also, they didn't really, they didn't go to the crowd for this one. Oh, no. Because I think Benoit would have gotten Benoit would have got it, yeah. 
Well, he would have gotten cheered, yeah. They didn't – coach wasn't in charge of re- unveiling this one. Yeah. But it insults me as a fan because that says that I'm so fucking stupid, Patrick, <laughs> that I'm so blinded by my love for Shawn Michaels, which I do like Shawn Michaels. Yeah. That you're going to put – I'm going to send a one-legged <laughs> man in there. It's one-legged over man. Over – Benoit and over Edge, I'm gonna send in the broken guy, one-legged man, broken Shawn Michaels, a one-legged man in ass kicking contest. I mean, well, you know. Also, it insults my intelligence because, as we've mentioned before, this fucking feud between these two never fucking ends. <laughs> the SummerSlam thing was great. It was, but then it has a shelf life, and we've seen this match, and we've seen it this way, and we've seen it that way. We saw it in the chamber. We saw it in a street fight. We saw it on Raw. Yeah, two out of three falls at Armageddon. So, I mean, that's a great two out There's of three falls, no, by the way. The, this just proves that all this is bullshit, <laughs> because this would not win. This is just tell. I just hate how bullshit this is. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree if this was really up to the fans, I think Edge was still new at a singles run, so I don't. Th- I really think Benoit would have got it. No, I do too. I really one hundred percent. He was just the champion at WrestleMania yeah, twenty. I really think Benoit would have got this. He made him tap out. Yeah, and he Th- never got yeah. his rematch. Think about what you said really? there. Think about what he didn't pin Triple H because people's pin Triple H. He is one of the few ever to make Triple H tap out. Actually, I was wrong. They did go to the crowd, and these idiots, like I said, because it's a third name announced, <laughs> Shawn Michaels gets the biggest pop. He wins with 39%. Edge gets really pissed off and walks away. Benoit just shakes Shawn's hand, and Edge must now team with Benoit for the tag titles. Yes. It's time for our Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royal. My fantasy not fulfilled, as I probably would have gone with French Maid, but this is fine. Schoolgirl outfit wrestlers. They school, just, I would have gone with the schoolgirl. So. In this battle royal, they just have to go through the middle rope. They yeah. don't even have to go over the top. No. They just have to exit the ring yeah. in some form or fashion. If your body of any kind, not your feet, if any part of your body touches the ground, you're eliminated. And it doesn't matter how it touches it, it just if it touches. So we start off with the champion coming to the ring, none other than Trish Stratus. Yes, she's the champ. And then out next is Jazz. Are you gonna try to are you going to try to um, Yes, I've got all the eliminations. I'm no, not I mean moves. are you, uh, describe what they're wearing here. They're all in schoolgirl outfits. Oh, okay. Well, I mean I figure only... you know, you kinda pay attention to that. Oh, the so. only the only notable difference in the schoolgirl outfits, okay, Stacy, since her gimmick is legs, she has the shortest skirt, of course. Yes. And Molly Holly, who plays a very conservative, I do not like to show my skin, is covered, is the most she covered really, Yeah, and girl. she really does feel that way in yeah. real life. And, and so, <laughs> but the rest of them are all pretty much same. the same. Yeah. There's not really that much difference. So Trish is the champ. She's taking on Jazz first. Jazz comes out, rips her sleeves off. Uh, Jazz rips her own sleeves off, her schoolgirl attire. Then Nydia comes out. Gail Kim, who recently retired. Molly Holly, who is wrestling in heels. Victoria, who has a terrible theme song, whatever it is. And then finally Stacy comes out and does a cartwheel. Jazz rips Nydia's top off. 
I mean, she has a bra on, but eliminates her first. Victoria back suplexes Jazz. Victoria baseball slide knocks Jazz out of the ring, so she's eliminated. Victoria Hurricane Rana's Gail Kim, who won the title on her first night in the business. Well, she's fallen quite a ways now. She's just Hurricane Hurricane Rana right out. She's gone. No Gail Kim. Molly and Trish team up to try to suplex Stacy over the top, but Victoria, for some reason, saves her. This is still heel Trish, by the way. Yes. The crowd doesn't believe... It doesn't sound like it, but it actually is. Molly and Trish double-team Victoria and catapult her out of the ring. Molly and Trish then take out Stacy. Then Holly snaps suplexes Stacy. Trish chokes Stacy with her hair ribbon, which would get her fired today, <laughs> while Molly smacks her. Then Stacy snaps suplexes Trish and double boots the heels with those big legs. Trish skins the cat, sort of, and avoids elimination. Molly tosses Stacy out, and then Trish just dumps Molly over and retains her title. Yes. In a typical diva battle royal of this era. Yes. A couple of interesting spots, but it was devoid of technical wrestling. It was devoid of wrestling in general. It was a it was something. Yes. Now here's a match that I wish was just sort of cut. Oh, no, see, not no, this one. See, Never mind. No, yeah, because I wish this interview was cut. Okay, well you can do the interview. This match, I'm like you. I have a really serious argument over the pick of the weapon. Okay. So La Resistance is with Todd Grisham. It's Sylvian Garnier and Rob Conway. Conway says they are wrestling under protest. They don't like that they didn't know their opponents. Okay, thanks a lot. Now it's Kane and Snitsky, part one. Yes. We, we've already seen how this feud ends. Yes. But it's it, a it, weapons match. It wasn't his fault, first of no, all. No, of course, yes. The it baby is, punter. It is, <laughs> it is a weapons match. But it's a singular weapon match. You can only pick one weapon. One. Right? And the fans, Mr. Rulebook. The fans pick that weapon, and that's the only weapon that can be used. Now, the weapons at choice are a steel chair, a lead pipe, and a chain. Okay. Fans vote, crowd votes, chair gets 30%, lead pipe gets 29%, and the steel chain gets 41%. Bullshit. As pissed off as Kane was, I want to see him with a fucking lead pipe, and I want to see them beat the shit out of each other with it. Any wrestling fan on demand was going to pick that. Well, another point here as to why the chain should not have been the weapon is because they show highlights of the feud, Okay. So the miscarriage was caused by a chair. Yeah. So that's part of the story. Yeah. And then Snitsky used the steel pipe to beat Kane. So that should actually probably be the weapon is the yeah. steel pipe. Yeah. Because we get chairs in any match. Right. The chain. The chain was not part of the storyline until now. <laughs> it's very. It was an odd choice. Right. I really wanted to see the pipe. I wanted to see them start beating the shit out of this pipe. With each other, and I mean... And they're all there at ringside, by the way. They are. And so, the one that is picked, the referee goes and gets the chain, carries it in the ring, drops it right in the middle of the ring, and the rest of the weapons are took away. That's true. You think. You think. But it turns out... However... It turns out there's more than one chair in this arena. Correct. I got myself into a hell of a predicament. 
involving both Matt and Kate. I really regret that. But I don't regret my pregnancy. My baby was the only thing innocent in all of this. And I wanted nothing more than to give birth to my baby. And now, I will never know what my baby looks like. My baby boy was taken away from me. Snitsky took him away from me. It wasn't my fault! Whose fault is it then? I hope that Kane does exactly what he says he's going to do. Snitsky is a dead man! There's a steel piper or something inside that baby carriage! I have a bloodthirsty maniac coming after me for something that wasn't my fault. Kane threatened my life. He said Snitsky. Yes, he did me. The only thing dead around here, Kane, is your baby. here before the match starts Kane if you really think about it Glenn Jacobs future possible mayor of Knox County Tennessee oh future Hall of Famer for sure has been involved in some of the worst angles in this company's history that is so true and the fact that he still has a job we talk about Mark Henry finally reta- retiring from entering competition Kane's He's Kane is going title match Kane is going to be in the world title match at the Rumble Really soak that in for a minute here. Mayor, future mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Knox, is, the county. Knox County is going to be wrestling for the world heavyweight title. At 50 title. years old. Yes. He's very safe in the ring. He is. He's very safe, yes. And he's a very good wrestler. I mean, he's he, there's nothing special about – I mean, he's he's very good for a big man. and yeah. But his it's not like his moveset has changed at all. Since he became Kane, you know, I mean, he pretty much does the same stuff. But um, just some of the worst angles, I mean, shocking testicles and uh, the Katie Vick stuff and the punting of the baby. I mean, why did they punish this man so much with all these shitty angles? Like That's true. That's, or having to unmask Yeah. on Raw. That was another one. Oh, I know. Moment. Yeah, Tarek killed him. Yeah. I mean, 
it's part of the mystique of the care. I mean, not yeah. even in a. You didn't even build it up for a pay per view. Yeah, that's another. That's another raw mo- uh, raw moment. So Snitsky, but Snitsky Snitsky comes out. Okay, and then here comes Kane. But crazy enough, at a distance, but still following him, comes his quote unquote wife, Lita. Coming, Just been through a very traumatic experience. Coming, co- yes, very. Coming to help her quote unquote husband, Kane, in this very difficult chain match. Yeah, I mean, her husband, in quotation marks, could be killed tonight. Yes. She's out there. She could save his life. Yes. Turns out she did nothing. However, the fact is. Literally just months ago before this, she didn't want to marry him and was forced into it. So now all of a sudden she's all for it? Not only, yeah, she's all for Well, This storyline actually really did... This made no sense. No. She wasn't going... She was forced into marrying him. Then she actually does like being married to him because she turns out to be pregnant. So then she starts actually protecting him and backing him. Then they lose the baby. Then he starts feuding with Snitsky. She starts feuding with Snitsky. Then she spins off into feuding with Trish. Trish. And, I mean, this storyline was really fucked up. This is one of the worst storylines that I think they've had on Raw in Well, yeah, the threads the came unwoven pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, I mean, we've, we saw the conclusion yeah. of Kane and Snitsky when he returned at um, New Year's Revolution to yes. fight... And I mean, and Lita got injured on that card, and so there was no. Right. I mean, it just. It was fucked from the start. It was a terrible. It was a terrible angle, and it had no real ending. Right. Because really, this match has the definitive finish in it, you know, um, and kept Kane off TV. I mean, his next match was New Year's Revolution. Yeah. But this is really the blow-off match. Yeah. When you do an angle like an injury angle like this, like I think this is this should have been the blow-off. This should have been the end. But it's the beginning for some reason. So the chain is immediately thrown out of the ring by Snitsky, but Kane goes and gets it. Kane tracks Snitsky down. He wraps the chain around his hand, but he misses. Oh, no. So Snitsky picks up the chain. He grabs it and clotheslines Kane with it. Kane finally grabs a hold of the chain and gets knocked out of the ring. Snitsky and Kane fight over the chain. Snitsky pulls Kane into the post with the chain. Snitsky clotheslines him and whips him with the chain. Chokes him. Then they exchange strikes without the chain. I mean, what's what are we doing now? This is the whole point of the match is to use the chain. Snitsky lands some of the worst-looking knees I've ever seen. He is totally gassed, like, three minutes into this match. He scoop-slams Kane for a two-count. He lands a nice clothesline and stumbles around until he makes a cover. Snitsky whips Kane with the chain a few times and then goes back to the choke with the chain. The crowd try to get Kane back in this match. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane, or something like that. They were doing some claps. Kane fires up. Babyface Kane. Hulking up. And lands some rights to Snitsky. Oh, no. Snitsky sidewalk slams Kane for two, but then Kane does the Undertaker sit-up spot. Both men hit each other with a big boot, so they're both down. 
Lita steals the chain, saves her man's life, but Snitsky walks into a choke from Kane and then gets thrown over the ropes. Snitsky kicks the steps into Kane's legs, ouch. Snitsky then breaks the rules of this match and grabs a chair and decks Kane with it, thus rendering this stipulation pointless. He rams it into Kane's head three times with the blunt end of the chair. Then he goes and gets the chain, which Lita has, I guess, just dropped and abandoned. She did nothing in this match, by the way. Nothing. Snitsky chokes Kane with the chain. That is hard to say. Kane is choked with the chain, and Snitsky punches him all the way down to the mat. He chokes Kane with the chair as well. Then Snitsky wraps the chair around Kane's neck, much like Austin did with Brett's leg and Pillman's leg. He puts the the chair... Um, nicely positioned to squash Kane's neck into halves. Breaks his neck. Yeah, breaks his neck, kills him right there. Jumps, the jumps from the second rope, stomps the legs of the chair, which collapses on Kane's throat and neck. Blood packet and a uh, Con- bleeding from the mouth. He, he's he's spitting up blood, blood coming out of his mouth, going everywhere. And the refs, Broken neck, can't move. Yep, paralyzed, done paralyzed. forever. We'll they never put see in, him again. They put a neck brakes on him. They put him in the uh, put him on a stretcher. Lita's traumatically just, upset. Just watches. Yeah, she's she's upset, and we put we we stay with him all the way to the uh, to the uh, ambulance. We load him up and Snitsky. we watch them drive away. And you know what? It wasn't his fault. Oh, no, you know, Snitsky dumped Kane off the stretcher at the top of the ramp. Oh, yes, one, that's right. One I'm, time sorry. Before, yeah, I'm sorry. Before he's wheeled away. Yeah. A terrible match. A terrible, terrible, awful match. It was a cool angle. I thought the stomping, the blood packet, it was effective. I mean, yeah. I love that spot with the chair. It looks so good. It doesn't make up for the match. It doesn't make up for the angle. And it doesn't make up for what the fuck was Lita doing the whole time, like... Oh, yeah, you could just go ahead and break his neck. Yeah, okay, I'll just stand here. Okay, that's cool. Okay, yeah, now you're going to chase him up the ramp. It's okay, that's cool, too. <laughs> just uh, really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was probably just glad she didn't have to wrestle in a schoolgirl outfit. So probably. Counting her blessings. Cool angle, but we all saw how it ends with nothing at New Year's Revolution. Edge is pissed off. That he didn't get voted in for the world title match. And I said, Edge, it's rigged, buddy. Don't worry about it. It was it's not you. It's rigged. Talks about how Sean is used up and being world champ is his destiny, and he doesn't care about being a tag team champion. Eric Bischoff is in for a big match next, which we get to see Eric put on his gi, which I always enjoyed. Time for some karate. As he takes on Eugene, his storyline nephew. It's yes. a family feud. Yes. If we had a Garrett Bischoff in there, it'd be a total Bischoff family feud here. It, it would. Now, you can either get your head shaved, wear a dress, or be servant. Those are the stipulation yeah. choices. Yeah, the loser is the servant of the new of the winner. Uh, you can wear a dress, or you can have your head shaved bald. Now, of course, ringside, we did bring the dress... And we did bring the head-shaving chair. So they were prepared for both. And the servant thing, you don't need anything for. Right. Now, of course, they announced, guess which one they announced last? Head-shaving. Guess which one wins the fans' vote and the audience Well, let's do the match. We'll do the match, and then we'll... 
Oh, right. It's at the end. Yeah. Right, we'll sorry. do the match. And so... But yeah, they don't get to find out till the end. Right. They don't get the, the pleasure of knowing because this is act, this this actually makes sense in kayfabe because Bischoff would have never agreed to it. Right. He he's the boss. Yeah. Bischoff lands some kicks to Eugene. Eugene no sells top turnbuckle head smashes from Bischoff. Bischoff says, "Oh my knee! Oh my knee is blown out." So he's pulling a Shawn Michaels. Yes. He's saying he can't continue. But then he cheap shots Eugene with his good leg. Eugene does an airplane spin on Bischoff and then kicks him. Eugene does a Hogan leg drop. One, One two, two, three. three. That leg drop. I mean, it's an amazing uh, it's, move. It's amazing. It is the most powerful leg drop in the world. Eugene takes Bischoff's black belt off of his gi, puts it around his head, and then we find out what the stip is going to be. All right, so we're tallying the votes, and wearing a dress comes up at 21%, be, being the winner's servant at 20%, and have shade bald at 59%. Now, the crowd, we do a crowd vote here. Coach does a crowd vote, and the crowd says... They want the head shaved bald too. However, Coach doesn't hear that. No, he's hearing something. He's different. hearing he's and so because he was Vince put him in charge as making a you he's know He's the data information yeah, center. So to weigh the odds to make both the voters happy and the crowd happy, he's going to be the servant for five minutes. Yeah, it didn't say how long you had to be a servant right. for. Right. And and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, no chance in hell. Here comes Vinnie Mac. Doing a great Vince McMahon walk. Oh, God. Corn cob up his ass. Swings that leg, climbs up into the uh, into the ring, and says, Coach, I swore to these fans and the crowd that I was not going to have any part in this, but that what they wanted was going to take place. And you're trying to screw around with it. So just for that, come with me. Everyone gets out of the ring. He tells Bischoff, the crowd voted. You're getting your head shaved bald, buddy, and if you don't, you're fired. Yeah, he says, Bischoff's like, no, no way. And he says, as he's walking up there, if you don't do it, you son of a bitch, you're fired. So you do Vince so well. And so (laughs) get your ass back in here and get in that barber's chair. Like he loves it. Vince was Vince is so good. I was eating that shit up. And just because And again, I just want to point out, Ed Leslie did not get the call to come shave the head. That's true. Okay, anyway. And just because Coach wanted to screw around with it, Coach then was made to strip down. Thank God it wasn't naked. (laughs) <laughs> but he had to put on the dress. Yeah. Now, coach, take your shirt, take your pants off. Take off your pants, you bastard. <laughs> it's something that's going to be burned in my brain for a very long time is Vince screaming, take off your pants. Coach puts on the dress, and then Vince says, don't be a slut, button it up. <laughs> I just Vince was amazing in this segment. Just Vince... Vince humiliating his employees is something that he takes great pride in. Oh, the Kiss My Ass Club was hilarious, too. I mean... 
As Eric's getting his head shaved, uh oh, turns out the clippers quit working. Yeah, got to get some scissors. His hair was so thick, so was well, thick with all that so, black so, dye he's been pouring. Exactly, because as Eugene is cutting, all of a sudden the black is going away, and yet we see gray. You're gray as a fox. You what a phony son of a bitch. <laughs> It was fantastic. <laughs> it really was. This was. It was. It's getting the most out of the least. Yeah, and they got the most out of the least. This, uh, I told you, why we were doing this pay per view was because of this match. This match and this whole segment is without a doubt the most entertaining part of the entire night. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. It literally, when you think of Taboo Tuesday, you think of him getting his head shaved bald, and he would never go back to the black hair. It would no, Gray Bischoff from then on out. From then on out. So, Edge is backstage checking on Sean. He thinks Sean's knee is bad. Well, he's right. Edge says, "You're a selfish son of a bitch." <laughs> Now it's time for the World Tag Team Championship match, which Edge has to wrestle in. La Resistance is out with Rob Conway and Sylvain Grenier. Sylvain sings the Canadian National Anthem in French as they prepare to take on two Canadians, by the way. Just pointing that out here. Rob Conway, the only American in the match, is with La Resistance, who are from... Quebec. They they have yeah. Quebec they have the Quebec flag. So they are not they are French Canadians. They are not um they're not just French. They are French Canadians. And they are taking on two Canadians. So it was very it was weird. And I mean this is when they build Benoit from Atlanta, Georgia. So he's an American now. So well, yeah. And Edge I don't know where they build him from, but not Canada. By the way, USA chance. Yeah. I love that. So I guess those are for Rob Conway, the only American in the match. <laughs> Edge hammers Conway before tagging in Benoit. Big chops to Conway. Snap suplex for a two count to Conway. Grenier tags in and Edge snap suplex him. Edge heelishly refuses to do a top rope move and yells at the crowd for expecting one from him. Grenier botches a flapjack, so Benoit knife edge chops him for fucking that up. Conway tags in and gets decked by a clothesline from Edge. Edge knocks Conway off the apron into the guardrail, but Grenier attacks him and then Benoit fights him off. Grenier tags in and puts Edge in a chin lock. Conway then tags in and double-team suplexes Edge. Grenier comes back and gets clotheslined from Edge. Benoit gets the hot tag and lights Grenier up, but then gets thrown sternum first and clotheslined from behind, so he is out. Conway tags in, puts the boots to Benoit. La Resistance double-team Benoit while the ref stops Edge from coming in to save him. Let's go Benoit, chance. You'll never hear those again. As he German suplexes Conway, Edge gets the visionary tag, but the heels put the boots to Benoit, and the ref didn't see it, so it never happened. Yeah, right before the tag, the I mean, the La Resistance jumps in the ring, and... You know the rest like no, you got to get out. You got you can't be in here. We we see the tag, but the ref doesn't see the tag. Ref turns back around. Hey, you're not supposed to be in here. There was no tag. 
What the hell? Yes, there was. No, ref didn't see it, so it doesn't count. Get out of the ring. Edge gets pissed off. So you know what he does? He fucking leaves. He he does the December to dismember Mike Knox and just hops down and leaves. And when you say leave, I mean, he really just, he took it a step further than just walking to the back. No, we get to follow him out to his car, his rental car, which was, I guess, running already. Yeah. And he's gone. He burned rubber, man. (laughs) So now Benoit is fucked. He uh, gets choked in the ropes as he watches Edge leave. Like, what? What's going what the on? Fuck? Edge goes to the back, gets a bag, goes to his car. He's he's home for the night. He's on to the next flight. So now it's two on one against Benoit. Grenier goes up top and gets caught in a superplex. Conway tags in. Benoit Germans Grenier throws him into Conway and then gets two Germans on Conway, then locks in the crossface. Rob Conway taps out, and Chris Benoit single-handedly wins the World Tag Team titles all by himself. Now, now, for a second there, let that sink in what you just said. Chris Benoit single-handedly wins the tag team titles. But he wasn't good enough for a world title match. Now, this, this storyline has been done a few times in the past. Yeah. It can't. It never has. It never will be believable except for this one moment because I truly believed that Chris Benoit was such a true badass that he could actually go in there and win the tag titles by himself. There's only, a, I mean, he is one of a select few that you could do this storyline yeah, with and it'd be believable. I would say like Angle or Brock. Yeah. Taker, maybe you know that it would be. There's a select few that it, it you could do it with, and it'd be believable. And the fact that he did this and pulled it off shows that one one hundred percent his credibility factor. But how much of a a true athletic background, a true badass, a true phenomenally great. Performer. Performer. Hands down, one of the best to ever step foot in a ring. Yep, but not good enough for a world title match ever again. Todd is with Triple H. Triple H says, I have no strategy. And I think Sean's lying about his knee injury. And uh, guess what? If he's not lying about it, I'm going to break his leg. Christy and Carmella. Carmella from the Diva Search in 2004 from that infamous Diss the Diva segment that I showed you where I believe she was called a cum-guzzling slut on <laughs> Raw, which is one of the lowlights of Raw. I put that as a high moment. And Christy Hemme, the mother of... Uh, the now mother of four. Well, five, if you five, include the daughter. You, yeah, if you include the, uh, the, the past daughter that was born. Christy was the Diva Search winner. Christy kissed Lillian Garcia, of course, because when women are together on screen in wrestling, they have to make out at some point. Absolutely. Up until now. But back then. It should still happen now. (laughs) Joking. Christy was kissing Lillian and got jumped from Carmella, so that's good enough. Carmella and Christy come out. It's a lingerie pillow fight. Or... You have three choices to pick from. A lingerie pillow fight, a aerobics challenge. 
Okay. Or an evening gown match where you have to strip your opponent down to their undergarments. Well, I mean, this is rigged because, yeah, the pillow fight, they are already in their undergarments. So, not only did the fans vote, but the crowd voted. And unanimously, lingerie pillow fight wins at 57%. (laughs) Aerobics challenge at 10%. And evening gown at thirty three percent. Evening gown did a lot better than I thought it would have. <laughs> evening, evening. I gown. wish that, like I say, I wish this was legit. I wish that the votes were legit, and this is, this was the era of internet trolling. And because you would see an aerobics challenge, <laughs> you would see who could do you know the most handstands or whatever, or jumping jacks and all that stuff. But not only. Do they have to change into their wardrobe? No. We went ahead and brought out some... Uh, screens. Some screens. So you and get the silhouettes yes. of naked people. So you get to watch them, kind of, change into their lingerie for their pillow fight. Yes. So, oh, boy. Yes. And apparently Carmella didn't like this because... She kept, like, really walking away, or I don't know. Her screen wasn't working right. I would feel, (laughs) I wouldn't want to do this. No, I agree. Embarrassing. But not as embarrassing as the match they're about to have. (laughs) Carmella and Christy come out, lingerie pillow fight. Here we go. Pillows in the ring. The gals are in robes. Referee Jack Doan. (laughs) Just pointing that out for future reference. Lillian says... Okay, you girls may disrobe and start now. <laughs> they make the female announcer <laughs> tell the other females to get naked and start pillow fighting. I think Vince would have been great for that spot. Chris, get naked. That, well, he had already <laughs> yelled it tonight. So, Christy steals a breast enhancer. Some people refer to these as chicken cutlets out of Carmella's top, who was artificially enhancing her... Uh, Bus size. Scandalous. Really scandalous. And then throws it out into the fans. Someone took home a souvenir. Actually, we're serious. Threw it out into the fans. <laughs> they bash each other with fellow they, they bash each other with feather pillows. Christy tackles and chokes Carmella. They roll around the ring in feathers. Christy hammers Carmella with pillows and then pins Carmella with her shoulder clearly up, by the way. One, two, three. Clearly up. Just whatever. That's... Not not little bit. Not. We're talking about she was laying on her side. Yeah, yeah. Like this thing was 10 inches to 12 inches off the mat. What was? Her shoulder. Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. It was, I guess they just didn't have enough time for Jack, this. Jack Doan counts this. to three and I'm sitting there going, her shoulder's up, dumbass. And he just like one. I'm going. Her shoulders up. Two. Her shoulders fucking up. Three. Ding ding ding. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and it it didn't mean anything anyway. Who gives a fuck? They they got to see him halfway naked. That was all it was about anyway. And Jack Doan got fired for not following referee orders. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing. He still works there to this day. He does still work for him. Yes. Time for our world title match, which is not the main event tonight. Now, it's it's odd that this is in this arrangement because 
uh, Ric Flair's retirement match, he demanded that the world title match go on as the main event. And here tonight, I guess he was fine with that, him being in the main event instead of the world title and in the cage. I think it was it was to build Randy Orton. That was the point. Well, it's very- Randy. Randy was he was quickly becoming the anti guy, but this was kind of that that big push well, this Randy is needed. Very odd. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to that match. Triple H is out first, and then here comes old Limpy Limpy Sean coming out here. And congrats, Sean! You're actually wearing some nice tights for this matchup. No, no chaps tonight. They exchange some strikes to start the match. Triple H then decides, you know what? Time to go after that leg. So he stomps it. Law- Jerry Lawler rightly states that it was stupid for the voters to vote for an injured man, and he is totally 100% right. Triple H drops an elbow on that bad leg a few times and drops a knee on it repeatedly over and over again. A figure four for ages until Sean can get to the ropes. Triple H tries to slam Sean's leg on the ring post, but he kicks him away with the good leg. Sean chops and punches Triple H when he gets back in the ring until H kicks the knee again. Sean catapults H into the corner. Both men are down, but they make it before the 10 count is up. Sean hits an inverted atomic drop on Triple H on his good leg. He then clotheslines him. Michael swings on spaghetti legs, which is very funny to see. Yeah. But he just falls over again, and Triple H covers for a two-count. Triple H looks for a pedigree and shoves Mike Chioda out of the way, and Sean has to cheat because he's disabled. So even though he's a face, you understand why he has to do what he has to do. So Sean low blows Triple H and DDTs him to a big reaction. Now Sean, 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 come on, pal. On his bad leg, climbs the ropes, yes. which is a big pet peeve of mine in any match where they're selling the leg. I'm sorry. I can buy all the other stuff that you can muster the energy to stand on it for a minute, but when you start climbing or when you start climbing a ladder, I that really irritates me. You know, for, so, the- so you're the type that for once you want to see them try to climb it and just fall off because they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They try and take a step, their first step, they just, or they say, like, ah, you know, just show pain. They don't have to take a back bump off yeah. of it. But Sean, on a bad leg, climbs all the way to the top and hits his signature elbow. He starts tuning up the band with the good leg. But Batista runs down, but yeah. HBK takes care of him, decks him, and Triple H still gets hit with the sweet chin music, and the crowd pops huge for this, thinking he turns right into it. He's still going to win with yeah. one leg. With one leg, Shawn Michaels is going to win the world heavyweight title. Then, surprise, the camera did not show us that Edge just happened to be in the ring, spears Shawn Michaels, H covers him, and retains the title. Shawn gets the hero's exit as he is uh, hoisted away, helped away. And uh, Edge made a really stupid decision to drive around the block. And come back. When he could have just gone backstage, I guess he was scared of Benoit, you know, maybe being pissed at him, but... I think he he just wanted to give the notion that he had left, but not really. 
Just so he could screw. Well, it was just so he could screw. Well, it was Sean. convenient that a camera crew just happened to be there to follow him. Yeah. Out. Exactly. Because they didn't have to. They didn't have to. The the action was in the ring during yeah. the tag match. So it's just very fortune fortunate for him. Yeah. And I mean, even if okay, it really makes no sense for him to have left because Sean, you're still not going to anticipate the attack. No you're matter not, what, you're definitely not going to see it because you thought he left the ra- or left the arena. Well, yeah, but I mean, even that just adds more to the holy shit. He actually came back, drove back, yeah. was probably boarding the plane, had to turn around. It probably was in flight, and he made him fly back and land again. That could happen. We go backstage where we see Eric Bischoff, freshly shaven head, buzzed down to nothing, solid gray, walking around. And he comes up on some guys. Now, do you know who these guys were? No, I do not. My good friend and wrestling writer, Bill Apter, a very young, and I mean young, Ken Kennedy, and I'm not 100% sure about the third one. However, I do believe it was Nova from ECW. Wow. And he says, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. He's a monster now with gray hair. Yes. Then JR and King recap everything we've already seen. This is so. The refs can prepare the ring for the cage because it's predetermined what kind of match we're going to have, even though it's... I don't know, man. Why wouldn't you be pissed if you hauled the cage down there and you didn't end up using it? Right, because false count anywhere sounds like a pretty intriguing type match. Submission works in favor of Rick, so... Yeah, true. True, yeah, this is, well, and this will keep evolution out, this right. cage. So, time for the legend killer versus the legend. Now, this is a very odd thing for me because being a legend killer makes you a heel, in my opinion. But here he's a face because he's going against evolution who screwed right. him over. Right. But you can't call yourself the legend killer and beat up an old man and be a face. Well, you got to think about it. He was beating the shit out of all these guys. This whole time while he was with Evolution, called the, be, being called the Legend Killer. Well, I just think you can't be the Legend Killer and be the face. They shouldn't have. I know it was Ric Flair, and I know that they were trying to get that over, but I guess, you know, the one legend I haven't killed, you know, like, I got to kill him. Yeah. But but still, that's not, that's not a hero's. A hero doesn't want to kill the legends. Right. Anyway, just a pet peeve of mine about this. Will it be a Falls Count Anywhere match? A submission match? Or, I don't know, a steel cage match? Oh, there's the cage. So we ask the fans. We get their choice. They want a cage. We're going to go to the uh, to the, uh, the online voters. Falls Count Anywhere match gets 20%. Submission gets 12%. And your winner by a shocking number, Steel Cage at sixty-eight percent. Wow, that is <laughs> that is bigger. That is bigger than the schoolgirl outfit that we actually had. Wow, more votes were cast for this Steel Cage match than schoolgirl. So, well, it got a higher percentage. We don't know the vote tally. That's true. On all this. That's true. See, like a ballot, you don't have to check every box. So maybe you just more. Skip some. So the lingerie pillow fight got less than 
it was only 57%. Wow. A solid 68% for Silk Age. That's huge. Oh, no. Randy Orton had an opportunity to be in the discussion to face Triple H tonight. And he had to beat Batista on Raw. But guess what? Ric Flair interfered with a chair and stopped it from happening. So Coachman asked the crowd, and the internet agree, it's a cage, which just happened to be hanging above the ring anyway. Flair is out, and he comes out to his 1992 version Space Odyssey theme. Uh, very odd to hear that theme and not uh, the one that we're used to. The, hear, the big the yeah. orchestra yeah. version. Randy Orton is out with his sparkler rain and his hey theme. The cage lowers around them. It has no top on it. Flair chops Randy a few times. This is pinfall, submission, or escape, by the way. Flair chops Randy a few times, and Randy throws some rights. High back body drops to Flair from Orton. Flair tries to escape, and Randy runs him down. Flair pokes him in the eye, the dirtiest player in the game, of course. He hops down, and then he low blows Randy Orton. Flair tosses Orton into the cage, and he blades. Flair helps him open it up with some strikes. Flair then takes Randy's face and grinds it like a cheese grater across the cage to make it look really good. Flair hits knee drop, his signature knee drop to Randy's face. More chops, more strikes to Orton, who Flair then licks Orton's own blood off his hands, which was gross, and I would not advise doing that. More chop, more chops and strikes. It is Ric Flair, of course. <laughs> That's just a great heel thing to do. Flair gets launched into the cage, and now he gets to blade. Randy opens it up, and now Flair's blonde hair is red, which is one reason I think that Flair kept that hairstyle. All That's true. Years. Kept it bleach blonde was because when he when he was bleeding, man, that it just turned. I mean, it showed up so well. Randy. Shows Flair's ass off to the crowd, which is a spot that Flair this loved man, doing. Take, he loves out. getting that ass out. He loves to show his ass in the ring. He does. And Sean does, too. Sean took it. Triple H does it. Yeah. All three of those guys, they love getting that ass out. Yeah. And Flair is the originator, I think. Yes. And so, thankfully, the camera shot around this pretty much. But he... Randy... So after pulling his, after pulling Ric Flair's tights down, he hits Flair's head off the cage, who now gets crotched on the ropes and falls down with his pants still around his ankles, basically. Corner punches and stomps to Flair from Orton, and Flair stops it with a low blow. Randy then grinds Flair's face in the cage. Randy drop kicks Flair into the cage. Flair gets caught off the top turnbuckle to no one's surprise. To nobody's surprise, Flair gets caught off the turnbuckle. With a slam. Randy then climbs to escape, even though there's a door right there. Randy hits a high cross off the turnbuckle and gets a two count. Randy hits his signature inverted headlock backbreaker, and that gets a two count on Flair. Flair tries for the door, finally, but Randy drags him back in. Flair slips on some knucks that he had in his tights and decides to uh, knock Randy out. So he does. They keep mentioning Jimmy Kimmel, and so I guess... Uh, Randy Orton went on Jimmy Kimmel to promote this match. Despite hitting Orton with knucks, Orton kicks out at two. The man yes. cannot be knocked out. I kept wondering in this match where Evolution was, but especially Batista. 
I mean, he had he interfered in the earlier match, but he had nothing going on tonight. No, because he didn't get his Intercontinental title match. No. So. so Flair goes out the door again, but gets caught by Orton. Flair grabs a conveniently placed chair. The, the ref was in charge of opening the door, Was happened to be sitting in a chair directly by well, the no, door. No, they didn't put steps there. They had them entering and exiting the cage by stepping on that steel chair to lift them up. That's very odd. Yes. It's so. weird. It's like it was on purpose. Yeah. So. so Flair grabs it, drags it into the ring, a swing and a miss, and an RKO out of nowhere, and Randy Orton beats Ric Flair. No help from Evolution. I uh, thought that was kind of shitty, for Flair, because, like, your homeboys, yeah, your group, yeah, where the fuck were they? Yeah. Batista, as I mentioned, didn't do shit tonight. And then Flair, after all this, shakes Orton's hand, and they hug and shake hands again. So he gets the respect spot to put face Randy Orton over. Trying to save him after they took the belt off of him. Um, you know, they... Gave him the belt at SummerSlam. Triple H took it right back off, and they tried to, as I mentioned at New Year's Revolution, they had to put, they had to start giving this guy stuff again. Yeah, because they really, it it was really shitty what they did with. Well, not only they gave Benoit a short title run because he dropped it at SummerSlam, and then they gave Orton an even shorter title run, and when he dropped it to Triple H, so uh, they really and. I mean, Randy Orton is the apple of their eyes. So yeah. They had to give him give him something. Yeah. And so it was time to start building him back up again. But never think Randy Orton's a good face. He's just not a good face. There's nothing about him that is relatable to a common person. He doesn't have, you know, Dusty Rhodes is, is He's the, not the common man. man. Yeah, he, Dusty Rhodes is the common man. You know, not Randy Orton who's like sculpted and like 6'3 and tall and like you know so like me yeah beautiful you know exactly. just you know um, i'm a sexy uncle man you know and just ripped yeah to shreds you know and just uh so i never liked face randy orton and he's a face right now on smackdown and it's kind of they yeah. keep putting him and nakamura together for some reason i don't yeah they, they, they just it's not doing anything for me but what do you think of the main event the cage match um like I said, going into it, I think it was a uh, – when you think of a steel cage match, you think of Ric Flair. Yeah, the man loves steel cages. He loves blading. I mean, he always has, even back in NWA, and so uh, – War games, I all think the stuff with the horsemen. I, I really 100% believe this was a, a way to rocket Randy Orton at a very young age – to being a, a big-time player. Well, he had already been world champ. Yeah. But, I mean, that was also with the help of three other men, too. Well, so, yeah, but... I mean, this was this was his way of being a singles by himself, big-time player. I, I really think well, that it's was... It's another instance of Ric Flair giving somebody the rub. Yeah. Putting somebody over. Never doesn't care. No. And you will never see Hogan or any people like that doing that no. shit. No, 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 no. Very selectively. Yeah. And so... And then they'll talk about it for 15 like, years I, like they did the greatest thing ever. That's like Terry Funk, man. Terry Funk will give the rub to anybody and everybody to try to help him. And so... Uh, 
But yeah. And it was great to see Flair in a main event because he had wrestled pretty sparingly. Um, You know, they brought him back in that GM role and then he was kind of in tags and, uh, you know, a singles match here and there. But to see him in a main event was very cool. Especially, I mean, you know, the year before his retirement match, he was in a dark match, you know, tag with Carlito, you know, like. So it was, it was, it's really rare in this time frame of his career to see him in a main event so that was kind of kind of cool yeah um the rest of the card i don't have a whole lot to say i i think the the idea behind it the fan vote if it was legit if they if they if they ever did it legit like i like i'm pretty sure like the first raw roulette was not rigged yeah um as far as i can remember they were rigged after that but there was weights on the back of that thing afterwards, yeah. Yeah, but I like I love the idea. And now it would be incredible because now it'd be like, you know, you'd see you definitely, you know, Roman Reigns would have to fight, you know, Kurt Hawkins, you know? Yeah. I mean But the way it's I just I, it's insulting to my intelligence to think that a one legged man's gonna win a fan vote. Yeah. Even if he is Shawn Michaels. Because not only that, he's wrestled this guy a million times. And yeah, I just I'm I'm insulted by the way that the voting was done. Ben Walsh should have won. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, all those the Divas matches were very degrading. Um love the haircutting segment, even though it was still, I mean, very kind of Degrading, <laughs> do you know? Get naked, you know Vince doing his Vince thing. But it's it's men, so it's okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's uh, it's really all I got to say about it. I did not like the world title match that much, mainly because of the injury angle. Um, I I hate leg injuries when you're going off the top rope. Sean does a great job. He's the best seller. I think in the history of wrestling, um, I think the Jericho Benjamin match was probably my favorite, and the tag match. I'd say those two were my favorite matches, and mainly, yeah, because of Benoit's performance when he was on his own. Uh, didn't like the edge interference. Uh, it was weird. Uh, it was just a weird show. It was just yeah. a really weird show. Yeah. Um. Your thoughts on the show? Uh, believe it or not, I enjoyed Benjamin Y2J. Yeah, that was fine. Uh, the schoolgirl battle royal was entertaining for what it was. You can't look at it like... You can't think it's going to be a five-star classic. I mean, you're, you got to go into it with the mindset that this is a time filler and a... Well, there was a lot of time filler tonight. Hormonal teenage fantasy. That's all that that was. Um, Pillow match was awful. That that was bad. Now that they could have actually cut that for me. They could have cut it from this broad, like from the history books. Yeah, like, this is that was bad. The Kane Snitsky thing. I think uh, match was shit. I would rather have it had been the pipe. Uh, however, I love the ending. Love the yeah the, the angle ending, the ending or the. That. The the payoff yeah. the the yeah the ending not the angle the angle stinks yeah uh, but this is how it all should have ended yeah 
Snitsky should have, to help Snitsky, Snitsky should have gone over on this whole angle. Yeah. And so this is, like you said, this is how it should have, the angle should have ended completely, not started. And so, because uh, Kane could have took that kind of a toll and still been fine in, in fans' eyes. Yeah, and this is October, and this wouldn't end until January. Yeah. And he would be, Kane would be off TV, so you even forget about this thing. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff, Eugene, like I said, is without a doubt what made this this night entertaining. Uh, Edge uh, and Benoit, the work that they did and the the whole Edge storming off and Benoit carrying the match and and winning by himself the tag titles. Uh, like I said during when we were covering it, it's it's one of the few that I could actually believe he's true. He's a true enough badass to actually pull that off. And so I was one hundred percent in for that. Uh, yeah, the Carmella Christie Hemi. Didn't really give a shit about at all. Jack Dome really shouldn't have even. <laughs> it's, don't count. A, I don't care how bad the match is. You're only making yourself look worse as a referee if you actually break your own rules as a referee and count a three count knowing that a shoulder is up. Yeah, but in that in this case, I'm going to let it slide based on what it was. Uh, shockingly, Triple H and Sean um, – I did not like the match. I, I, yeah, I didn't either. It was, and I am really shocked to be saying that because I love. I, I think Sean and Triple H work great together. And well, as yeah, much they're as best we, friends. As much as we saw the matches that they were putting on, I thought it was great. I did not like this match. It was very boring. No, it was, it awful. was very slow pace. It was not. It just wasn't good. I think uh, Randy and Rick though. Uh, they weren't as good as Eugene and Eric Bischoff, but that's because of the the stipulations and stuff. But um, I think they were that was match of the night in my opinion. Randy and Rick were match of the night. Entertainment factor was Eugene and Bischoff. Yeah, I just uh, can't get over the logic of no evolution interference and in the main event. Even with the cage, you know, slam a cage door in someone's face or whatever. I know that Randy needed to win, and I guess that was the way to do it because you can't have Triple H isn't going to go out there and take an RKO and, you know, have someone look good over him. And, you know, we know what's about to happen with Batista, or do we? As that might spoil my pick for the next pay per view. But anyway patrick on our rating scale from hornswoggle to giant gonzalez taboo tuesday it's up to your vote it's a fan vote it's a fan vote so uh, uh, where would you land this on the rating scale probably going to have to give it a eugene yes i will give it a shaved head eric bischoff yeah on the rating scale about the same size yes well they're related in kayfabe yeah well, Patrick, that was your pick. That was. Well, as we approach... The Royal Rumble. Yes, that means I need to pick another Royal Rumble, and I'm going to pick a great one. A, a one with a very memorable finish. <laughs> Royal Rumble 2005, as we have basically stayed around the same time frame. You could call these last few episodes The Rise of Batista, and... Royal Rumble 2005 was going to be his night. 
Oh, it was going to be a night for sure because you're going to see a uh, a shocking finish to the Rumble. You're going to also see a what the hell just happened to Vince McMahon. You're going to see. I mean, <laughs> it's a hell of a pay per view, and so uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh Well, we'll talk about it when we get there. But there you go, uh, Royal Rumble 2005. Featuring Triple H taking on Randy Orton for the world title. JBL will take on Big Show and Kurt Angle for the WWE title. Undertaker and Heidenreich, oh boy, in a casket match. Hell yeah! Edge and Shawn Michaels will have their blow-off match. We will not be treated to the dark match of Maven and Rhino. I don't there think you we go. missed much on that. I don't I'm going to have to reach out to my boy Heidenreich and see what he's uh, he thought of this match. Well, if he can get off his shift at Subway to talk to you, I'm sure he'll... Uh, he doesn't work I, at Subway. I, I know. I'm just kidding. He works at a gym. No, I'm just <laughs> He works at McDonald's. Don't be silly. All right. Well, that does it for this week, Patrick. Uh, anything else to add? No, man. All right, I'm retro glad to, rest- I'm glad to be back. I'm glad yeah. that we're rolling every week again. I'm yeah, we we paid for another year of SoundCloud, so you can expect more from us yeah. for uh, a year at least. And and unlike we are the fans, we are the people's podcast. I think there's already one called that, or else I would have probably thought of that as a name. At intern Alex on Twitter at retrowrestlingpodcast.com retro. W podcast on Twitter to find the show. You can find Patrick where Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling on Facebook. Type that in. Uh, can't miss me. Me uh, right there. Main picture with uh, Tommy Dreamer, Stevie Richards, and yeah, looking uh, very scared about what's what's shit, about to happen. The, the shit went down during that match. Let me tell you, I felt I felt in fear. Uh, but no, it was a. Uh, if you need me, uh, always shoot me a message. I will gladly answer any question you have, whether you're a friend on Facebook or you're just a fan that don't follow me and you uh, you just wanted to talk. I will always uh, do anything I can. If you can't reach me there, you can always reach me at Retro Wrestling uh, Podcast Facebook page. If I don't get it, Alex will. Alex will pass along to me. Any wrestling questions related to the backstage stories you want to hear, I will gladly find out the answers, get the answers, or just discover them for you. Well, I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. See, I come out here with this concept I said last night in which I have no authority, in which all of the authority for Taboo Tuesday is in their hands. But, but, but I was told. You know, maybe you didn't listen to them, coach, like I did. Maybe you didn't hear what they heard. I heard distinctly this audience agree with the internet audience, therefore, Right here. Listen to this fan. Shave his head. Shave his head. Right here. Live in Milwaukee on Taboo Tuesday. You're going to have your head shaved bald. No, no.
What? I just hope you're wearing underwear. Take off your pants. Is he wearing underwear? Eugene, look! Oh, look boxers! Eugene, for God's sake! Enough! Ow! 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 Look at Eugene! Ow! Ow! Now put on the dress! Oh. Eugene! This is I just gotta put wear on the dress! Now! The dress! The whole ice cream and that's the ugliest dress I've ever seen! <laughs> Slut, button it up. Yeah, you slut. Got your business all hanging out. Button that damn thing up. Coach is a himbo. Look at his breast. It's in bigger lumps than my oatmeal. You turned me into this. You look damn son of a dress. A funny baby. What do you think of me? What do you think of me? What do you do? You're already gone. I'm on a dress. What do you Sit back down there and finish the job. That's the worst-looking haircut I've ever now. seen in my life, Bishop. I'm like, go ahead, Eugene. <laughs> they ought to leave it like that. It looks horrible. Wait a minute. What is this? His hair is turning white. What do we have underneath all of this? <laughs> my God, you know what? You're as gray as a ghost. Look at all of that. You dye your hair, don't you? Uh, you just... dye your hair, don't you? <laughs> so what? So what? What a phony son of a bitch. <laughs> Get your ass back up there where you belong. Dip, dip, dip with your trust. We can do commercial for just for men. Oh, look at, look at Coach. Oh, look at that. All right, Eugene, take him back there and finish the job. Let's hear it for Eugene. Oh, my goodness, JR. Van Bischoff and the coach's plan has backfired. <laughs> Coach in a dress, Bischoff will finish getting his head shaved here tonight. This has got to be, I think Bischoff, I don't really think he was ever looking forward to Taboo Tuesday, but this has turned out probably to be the worst night of Bischoff's life. Well, it wasn't Bischoff's idea. It was Mr. McMahon's idea. The fans spoke. We've listened. And Bischoff, before the night's over, will be bald. <laughs>